0: It is Friday night in Phoenix, and you're listening to the Absolute Geek Podcast. My name is
1: Matt. And I'm Alan. And this is my brother Edgar, and we're the Frog Brothers. <laughs> Listen, Matt. Talk
2: about we're here to talk about horror. Yeah,
1: comics. we're here to talk about. We're not here to talk about shit, man. We're here to talk about shit, man. Listen, I know you're saying, "Hey, Frog Brothers, it's been a long time. Where you been?" Hey. Frog Brothers, you're too old to be hunting vampires down. I'm t- here to tell you something. My brother and I are on here because October is right around the corner. And we need to get our shit together people. You guys are out there and you're concerned about some virus. There's a greater virus we need to be concerned about. And that's called vampirism.
2: Read these vampire comics, man.
1: Exactly, man. So Edgar, I want you to tell, go, run down the list of things that they need to be worried about this this October. Only one thing vampires yeah vampires also werewolves now we've been getting a lot of emails lately saying oh frog boys oh you're not politically correct oh why why are you the frog brothers why can't you be the frog sisters so in order to keep up with the times we're gonna go through some changes here first of all they're not called vampires anymore brother can't call them vampires it sounds too much like tramp Yeah. We got to come up with a better name.
2: Vamp people.
1: Vamp people. Fangly challenged. Yeah. Yeah. Werewolves. Can't call them werewolves anymore. Werefolk. Werefolk. Or where's the justice for indigenous beast?
2: No justice,
1: man. No No. justice. Witches. That's out. Too
2: close to bitches,
1: man. Too close to bitches. Can't do that. Can't do it. We got to change it.
2: It's 2021,
1: man. Magically enhanced persons. I'll go with that, man. I'll roll with that. Yeah. So just a warning. This Halloween, this whole October, keep six feet apart. I get it. Yeah, sure. We got that. But also be on the lookout for the Fangalee Challenge, the indigenous, uh, where the ind- where's the injustice for indigenous beasts, and... Wear a magical. What was the last one, brother?
2: Wear a garlic T-shirt, man.
1: Wear garlic T-shirt. Wear garlic T-shirt. Yeah. Hey, Matt. What's up? Listen, I know we might have fooled you, but we're not the Frog
0: Brothers.
1: (laughs) You guys had me going. I I didn't know what was going on. It's me, Travis, and this is Jay, and we're the Bonsai Boys.
0: Yeah, I I literally thought Corey Feldman was sitting sitting right there, man. I was just waiting for his angels, and someone
1: tricked me. We fooled you. We fooled you. You, you guys got me. That's a classic yeah. Halloween prank coming right at you. Nailed it, Jay. You guys Hot bonsai got style. Woo!
0: You guys, you guys nailed it hard and, and fast, I guess. Mm. For a Friday night, that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah, fantastic for a Friday night. Excellent. I can see someone didn't like your impressions because we already got a thumbs down.
2: <laughs> you know what? I don't care.
0: No, you shouldn't. No, you shouldn't. Well, thank thank you guys for filling in this week for uh Max and or for uh, Max and uh Pepperoni is they went on their uh their hetero life mate honeymoon since they just got hitched.
2: Sexcapades.
1: Yeah. Where'd they, they go?
0: Their hetero life mate honeymoon. Oh. So
2: They went to some uh, show. Tulsa.
0: <laughs> they went to a uh, a circle dir- a jerk in the, the desert. Oh,
1: Circle Jerk Show.
0: Nice. i go check it hey, out. Look, he even had uh, Stick Boy Fooled. He's like, wait, that's Travis and Jay? He He's nailed like, it. We nailed it. I'm what? sorry, we nailed it.
2: See? See? Fooled. I'm going to take that yeah. thumb down, and I'm going to do something sexual with it.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what? Trick or treat? Uh, trick on you. But a treat <laughs> for you as well, with that amazing impression of the Frog Boys. It's a treat. It's a treat for everyone involved. I knew it how are you how are you guys also doing? Are Jay these? also by the way I like that headband you like it on you yeah I think it works man
2: yeah you know what's scary I walked downstairs with front of my wife and kids and they didn't say anything like, like <laughs> they just thought hey and I'm like really whatever I'm not gonna get it <laughs> no <laughs> I'm imagination
0: like, don't don't pay attention to him he's just going to size. <laughs> just That's
1: when we right. thought dad couldn't get any more embarrassing
2: I'm going to yeah. my goat yoga
1: just, what if, here's a what if for you. What if our dad wasn't our dad? How great would life be? <laughs> your dad's just super sweaty. He just got to, you know,
2: leave that they know
1: already. <laughs> he's just got to suck up the sweat.
3: <laughs>
1: but, no, it's good uh, to answer your question, Matt. Uh, things going on? Well? We're here? So good, good. I haven't seen you in a long time, brother. I know. Uh, I haven't seen you since you've had all these major life changes. You've had right? parts of you removed. Like, you're yeah. not the same. You are literally not the same, Matt, that I last saw. Nope. There's pieces of me missing. Mm-hmm. So
0: yeah. Bad pieces, hopefully, right? They need to yeah. be in good parts. Yeah, you never know. You <sighs> try to get them to take them all at once. But uh, I know, I've employer. seen I've seen you in the the sh- the the shadowy underbelly as you're slumming with the guys over at uh
1: Modern Comic Mayhem. Yeah, man. I've been <laughs> picking up my podcast pace. I feel like I've been Doing the podcast circuit like nobody's business. I, I did a little absolute geek couple weeks ago. It was fun. I know. I wasn't. I don't know why I was gone. I know. I saw you yeah. guys did good. Yeah, but. it's been good. Yeah, we're already to talking say, Halloween. That's, a, <laughs> that's all. Yeah, I know. It's like decorations early. So close enough.
0: That's good. How's uh Kama Ponsai? Or yeah, your what is it? pop bonsai, bonsai. that's right. pop
1: bonsai podcast also uh because october's coming around ooh, jay and i got we got something cooking we just dropped our first episode of our four ports four port four ports. So stick it, it in there four ports four ports, four <laughs> ports. uh just go ahead and dock it up in there four ports <laughs> Four <laughs> parts. uh four part uh stephen king stephen king series so we're looking at things like we watched Salem, the 1979 version of Salem's Lot, we read the entire um, Skeleton Crew short story collection of his, we did mm-hmm. uh, the his son's basket full of heads, and of course at the end of all pop bonsai podcasts, we will be coming up with our Stephen King playlist. Ooh. It's been great, man. I'm I'm loving like diving in and just living in the world of King.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I started reading sales about the the If it doesn't have anything to do with like
0: hit and run or cars, you're you're not on the right track.
1: Mm. The cars have to definitely be part of your playlist. That's true. There will be. There's got to be a car. Good car song. Like maybe my little Mm. Deuce (laughs) Coupe. We can do that. We can work that. I didn't even get to bring out all my props in my bit. I bought (laughs) flyers. Just grabbing stuff to kill vampires with. I was going
2: to stop at the grocery store and get a garlic, like one of those garlic necklaces. Oh, and then you could make some salsa after. Oh, delicious. There's something Mm -hmm. like pizza, some good pizza sauce. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I
0: mean, living in Arizona, you don't have to worry about garlic T-shirts because you sweat so much, it always smells like garlic. So, Yeah.
1: Once I I
2: eat a lot of pizza and it all just kind of rises to the surface. Yeah,
1: you're a pizza kid.
2: Oh, I'm a pizza man.
1: Yeah. Matt, would you consider yourself a taco boy or a
0: a pizza kid? I'm a pizza kid. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a pizza kid. I like tacos, but I'm a pizza kid. Yeah. I think yeah. I'm a taco. I think I'm a taco boy. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah. How
0: That's are you adjusting to your new surroundings here, Travis?
1: Uh, Good. It's, a storm came in this weekend. So uh, I was actually a little bit worried. Like, there was this huge lightning strike uh, earlier this morning during my morning coffee, really jolted me up. And then the internet was super slow. So I was like, am I going to be able to uh, absolutely geek it up? But the island uh, God smiled on me, so we were we were good. It's been great, man. Um I'm right here on the beach, um, started up a school back at back to teaching high school from doing sixth graders for a couple of years. so it's nice to be back in the the mix of uh, kids who are past puberty, so you don't have to worry about you know weird smells and you know crying., <laughs> well, I guess you have to worry weird about both smells, those things, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just gotta worry on the,
0: about the occasional student trying to hit on you to get a better grade. yeah uh, those are go- those days are long gone, my friend.
1: Those wins with the uh, back of this hairline. <laughs> <laughs> nah, yeah. I, I don't believe it. I you don't know. believe it. I try to I try to grow the stash out to repel them. That <laughs> we gotta wear masks, oh so it's useless. <laughs> this beauty is covered up all day. Yeah. That's- Ethiopian poisonous caterpillar is, is covered <laughs> up all day. huh?
0: Exactly. Exactly. Not out there just and
1: breathing it's... that stink <laughs> in. Oh, it smells like, it's like tacos all day long. It's like a fiesta. <laughs> I like Jay. Jay, you definitely, uh, up the frog brothers game
0: by mixing in a little bit of Batman there too. With
2: the,
1: deep gruff voice.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, the Edgar kind of talked like that. Remember? Yeah. yeah
1: they kinda all kind of like, talked like they were yeah, like yeah. action star. I think that was the, yeah. the, um, the direction they gave him, they're like just be bruce and like diehard i'm bad man <laughs> yeah, come out to the toast, have, <laughs> to have a few laughs stick
0: voices weird smells and crying are you really at kyle's travis <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes he is <laughs> a crying not weeping yeah
0: kyle <sighs> secretly keeps him locked in the garage <laughs> yeah. that behind him is not a, it, it's not a wall it's just a green screen yeah. Green screen in Kyle, Kyle's garage.
1: There's got to be Stephen King's has got to have a, a podcaster horror story in him somewhere, right? You would think so. There's got to be a cool horror story to tell about about podcasting.
2: I don't know. Uh, Maybe like a radio, like a radio DJ. But I, I mean, there's know. a lot of good
0: horror podcasts or like weird horror podcasts out there, like Welcome to Night Vale. Um, so several others that I'm drawing a blank on, but. There's a lot of good horror podcasts out there. Mm. Well, you guys should start it
1: in society.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there you are you guys should
0: start the Frog Brothers case files and just write oh, skits
2: every other
1: oh, yeah. week. And... Well, our first attempt out, we got a thumbs down, man. <laughs> <laughs> they don't it get happens.
2: our art. That's the yeah. problem. You know?
0: Now we're denying it. Now we're gonna deny it for you. That <laughs> happens to the best of us. Uh, <laughs> That's good, man. I'm glad good things are going on with good pop bonsai. I like the shirt. Thank you. Like the Thank shameless, you. the shameless plug. Do you have one of those you shirts, know that's CJ? How I do
2: it. No, I don't. I have. Uh-oh. I'm gonna get one though. I will get one.
1: I think we can do better. I think we can come up with a better shirt. Don't get this one, Jay. We'll go. We'll go for a round what? two. We'll get a frog. <laughs> we'll get a frog brothers a bonsai boy shirt. There
3: you go. <gasps> All right.
1: I like the what is it? Garbage Pail Kid. It looks like Garbage Pail yeah. kid. Yes, cool. kid. Yeah, It's just a Garbage Pail Kid. We we have a we're really in. We decided early on that we were going to go with like a surfing motif, even though none of us surf. Uh, we like the aesthetic of it, and then mm-hmm. it became kind of like a uh, 1950s uh, Norman Rockwell mixed with surfing, mixed with whatever we want to put it. Like there. tiki surfing. Yeah, tiki. tiki. Yeah. yeah, Americana surfing tiki Americana. Ooh, I want to mm. do my living room like that.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Well do the interior of my car like that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that does sound like the name you'd get like for a Yankee candle. Ooh, surfing yeah. tiki interior smells delicious.
2: Yeah, and it kind of has a hint of low tide to it. <laughs> <laughs> God,
1: can I tell you a couple uh, a couple of things? So I've never lived on the beach before. I've been to the beach, but I've never been like on the beach. So there's a couple of things now that I was not aware of that I thought, uh. I didn't know what was going to bother me and they're going to bother me. So this is a, a, a beach PSA. One, I have no problem with the kids on the beach. It's a public space. We got to share the beach. That's fine. Little kids, when they get on the beach, they're like little dachshunds. They just dig. They, they want to dig little moats. They want to dig little castles, which I'm cool with. But I also jog on that beach. So when, stay, you're, but, when you're yeah. done, your kids got to cover that shit up because I'm running through like a minefield there, and you're running, you're looking at the sunset, and then boom, you hit the deck. You land on a seashell. All of a sudden, you're in a Stephen King short story. Knocked out, bleeding on the beach.
2: On a crab.
1: Got to <laughs> eat my own foot.
2: <laughs> so how many times has that happened to you?
1: <laughs> Did I fail? Yeah. Not, not once. But I would like to lift my head up when I jog to get the scenic views, not but I'm so focused to. on dodging yeah. stuff. You know, I got one of those little, I finally broke down and got one of those little toe shoes that you get the individual toes in. Oh, yeah. It looks funky, but like it helps running. The other thing, the beach has become very lured. Like it's a very picturesque sunset here. So I don't know if it's one couple or if it's like the mecca for couples to come out and make and grope each other in the water Mm. as the sun sets. So I'll go out to enjoy the beautiful sunset only to be met with silhouettes of people just dry humping in the water. You got to get I in it's that. like, it's not like work your way beach. in there. Yeah. yeah. But I can't tell if it's because it's always like backlit. So I can't tell if it's one couple who's just like, oh, it's 630. Time to go make out on the beach. Or I mean, you if just it's work your way in there and be feet. like, do you guys need a hand?
0: Like, <laughs> yeah. Swim up there. Yeah, just <laughs> swim in there. You go underwater and then you pop up in between them and you're like, oh, man, I thought you guys looked like you had room for one more.
1: Oh yeah, exactly. Be like, is this uncomfortable for you guys? Is this as uncomfortable as it is for me to to watch you guys grope each other uh, in my ocean every night? You just polluting swim my up,
0: waters. You just swim up under one and you go, you squeeze, you pinch the cheeks, and you
1: go Marco, and see if they answer you <laughs> back. <laughs>
0: That's what you got to do. Yeah, just, just get in there, man.
1: Yeah. So I'm yeah. I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm I'm starting to get some pet peeves of the beach. About um, I'm gonna be a grumpy old beach man. Fill in that hole. Hey, keep it separated. Keep keep grumpy
2: it beach bum.
0: Just go in there with a, with a yardstick. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. Six feet. Yeah. Don't you know we're in a pandemic? Yeah. Float away be from that me. Guy. Float yep. away from me. Yep. Just be that guy.
2: And cover up your damn holes. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Stick Boy says, just pop up and say, don't mind me. Don't mind me. <laughs> right. Hey, the views, uh, the views, better down below. Or <laughs> <laughs> <And> just... <laughs> just come up underneath them and, and just you know grab his balls and go. Oh, these aren't clam shells. Yeah, exactly. Swim
1: bo- and just swim away. <laughs> it's just I it. feel like it's international waters. I feel like you can get away with oh, absolutely um, groping. It's the same
0: rules. We're like out. if you're you walk you know you walk in the house and you hear your girlfriend or someone going crazy and you walk in and you're like, do you need a hand? Yeah, it's same same rules apply. You're part of that group now. Like it's it's and now that twosome has become a threesome.
1: It's not always happened in Movies where it's always the guy getting cuckolded, right? Like, so he'll walk into the house and then he hears like moaning from his room, like, and he always gets excited. Like his wife is in there just pleasuring herself. hasn't hasn't that person seen enough movies to know that the likelihood of them just pleasuring themselves probably is not the case. The Ninety no yeah. percent in there. Old. Yeah, I haven't seen that movie. Yeah, old I- i'd school. like to see that movie
0: yeah it's called old school when you come home and you you hear the moaning and you think mm. it's your wife or girlfriend and you walk in and a naked man jumps out of the the bathroom waiting for the gangbang you never know <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> if i ever hear that i'm assuming the worst yep absolutely mm-hmm. yeah aaron says dress up like a sea monster and
1: grab their foot and pull them under Mm, there we go yeah, yeah, yeah. like classic
2: creature from black lagoon
1: style. oh we don't call them black lagoon anymore we call <laughs> oh, it creature from the native uh, uh lagoon that's okay i'm oh, i'm so sorry stupid <laughs> come on come on Fry boy <laughs> Um you
0: should uh just you know swim up there and come out of the water all glistening with your Tom Selleck mustache and just be like,
1: anybody want our mustache? <laughs> yeah, and and River your off-
2: short shorts. And your <laughs> short? your, your yeah. little OP short shorts. We anybody have talked on Pop Montai right? that I am
1: that I am working my way up to a speedo. Literally working my way up, just getting shorter and shorter. I don't know if I can ever go completely speedo, but I would love to be the kind of person who could. You just gotta have that confidence, man. Both physically and confidence-wise. <laughs> that I would think be cool. You it off. If, if when I do, it will be the artwork for our podcast, Jay. <laughs> going
0: to go full. He's going to go the Hasselhoff. You're going to have him standing mm-hmm. there on the beach. Yeah, Russell's running listening. on the beach. Yeah, A Speedo with just a fat, nasty Chewbacca coming out. The there sides. we go. The silhouettes of people <laughs> making out behind me in the ocean. It'd be nice. Just a full on Chewbacca out the sides, man. Just <laughs> up, up, grizzly down side. there. Yeah, just grizzly down there. I call this the Parker. He's going to be like your your weird uncle when he's got like one of his balls popping out looking like he's got frog eye (laughs) out the side. I think I am the weird uncle now. (laughs) That's how you got to do it, man. Got to keep him on their toes. And then one of your students will see them like, Mr. Rats, is that you?
1: I know it's a small island. That's what I'm worried about too. Is getting too eccentric with my beach wear and then running into a situation where I'm like, "I uh, uh, look away." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm, I'm hideous. Look away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good. Looks like you guys yeah. are uh
0: you guys got plans then. Yeah. I'm glad to see Definitely. you got plans for your future,
1: Travis. Mhm. Never a dull moment. Yep. Yeah. We so got so. some uh we got some uh comic book stuff to talk about tonight?
0: Oh, of course. We always got comic book stuff to talk about. Stick Boy says, here moaning from the bedroom, your wife probably hit her foot on the bed.
1: <laughs> there you go. That's truly true. She's not <laughs> pleasuring herself at all. You walk I'm in, sure. it's just the wife, and then your Roomba's running in there. You're like, Roomba. <laughs> Roomba.
0: Things are getting out of hand.
1: Well, that's good, man. I'm glad
0: things are going for you, good for you guys yeah. on uh, Pop Bonsai and you're, you're kind of everywhere, slumming it. Like I said, slumming it with MCM, waiting for Jay to make his appearance over there.
2: I yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know if that's gonna happen. It's Too long, too long, too long. He can't he, he can't sit that he long. Hack it. He can't sit that he long. Can't hack it. Can't hack that. It's too intense over there. Dude, I mean, I
0: used we used to do that every week on this show, and then like now I I can't do it anymore. I'm like. All right, by two, I, hour two, my butt's like, all right, I'm done. I'm yeah, I'm good. Yeah. I can only imagine Travis last of what Travis had to get up and go to the bathroom so many times when he was on.
1: And, oh, I go to the bathroom. I go grab beer break, vape yeah. break, everything. got to do it all. I did my taxes last week in between. <laughs>
0: Started writing my novel. You know, yeah. Did a little everything.
1: Yeah, you kind of have to multitask. That's like three and a half hours of your day you got to carve out. Right,
0: but... Alright, well, let's get into some goodness here. Let me share my screen here. Go ahead and I'm interested to, on this first story here, getting some geek news. Talk about Netflix. Netflix acquired the rights to basically start their own Wonkaverse. I'm interested to see what you guys think on, on this. Do we need a Wonkaverse? No.
2: Is, is that why does that not look like Johnny Depp?
1: Uh that's it amazing. looks like maybe maybe it's because it's next to matilda but he looks like amelie in this picture <laughs> i don't know what he looks like dude but he does not look like giant anyway
2: i can give fuck less yeah i, I mean, don't let him i know they're I, making a,
0: a charlie and the willy wonka prequel but i don't know if we need a whole universe of tv shows spinning out of matilda and spinning out of Willy Wonka so it, and the Chocolate it's, Factory is
1: and- Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is one Raw Doll property. So they're mm-hmm. they so they're doing this Netflix, they're doing like the whole universe, or is it primarily focused on Willy Wonka?
0: No, it's the whole Raw Doll universe. Like they required yeah. all the rights to his books and his his published works. So it's the whole universe. So you're gonna now, get Matilda stuff, you're gonna get more Willy Wonka stuff, it's gonna be gonna is it, a little bit of everything.
1: Is it kind of like a one? Is it kind of like a Roger Rabbit situation where it's like one series that incorporates all of these different things, like like fairy tales or like Tall Tales used to do, where it's like one running arc, but crimes within the fairy tale universe? Or is this just separate IEPs that are all raw doll? They're going to have their own thing. I think they're all going to be separate IEPs.
2: Yeah, from what the article was saying, it seemed like it's they're going to be. It's going to be multiple
1: shows like you know mm. but. well the answer to that did not affect my my view on this <laughs> <laughs> if you were gonna say i wasn't like oh well then that i would love that well so what do uh, you think this well i don't know I, at, at first i mean i i don't think i don't i'm not particularly interested in watching it but i'm like is there a market for this um raw doll is kind of an interesting you know because his characters are so archetypal and they're kind of weird, like these little dark fairy tale things, right? Uh, so if you look at them, if we just take away the the fact that they're a little bit more modern than our traditional fairy tales, and if we put the Roald Dahl characters in this general folk tale um, sphere, mm-hmm. then I guess it's fine. Like, how many stories have there been about Davy Crockett or Paul Bunyan or, you know, that type of stuff? Um is as more as more and more time goes from Raw Doll creating and passing away and giving away these rights, as we move into the future, aren't these characters just gonna become part of the the zeit, like the 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 folklore zeitgeist of stuff? And so can't we just I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess they paid means- a lot of money for it, so. Yeah, yeah, but
2: have you ever read a a, a book? Did you ever read Charlie and Chocolate Factory? Books?
1: Yes, I read that, and I read James and Giant Peach, and BFG. I think those are the only ones I read. So is Willy
2: Wonka like like sassy like Gene Wilder, or did Gene Wilder like no? He's he's he's,
1: he's darker. I would say maybe maybe the Johnny Depp role maybe actually was probably closer to the book as far as uh, 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 character type. Before. Maybe yeah. not like his take on the performance was. That you can you can debate that, but as far as the tone of the character...
0: I uh, mean, he was much
1: darker. He wasn't
0: uh, necessarily childlike like Johnny Depp. Yeah, him. exactly. Yeah, but, yeah.
3: Hmm. All I know is, like,
0: it, out of spinning out of this, I want a series where you meet, like, all these people like you meet like Augustus Gloop after the events of the chocolate factory, where he becomes like a heroin addict. And then he goes through recovery or like all these like crazy stories that, that happened, you know, after the, the event of the the chocolate factory,
1: you really, you really signaled in there on Augustus Gloop. I like Mike TV,
0: Mike TV, like got was so traumatized afterward that he started doing porn or something or, you (laughs) know, just, just how crazy and dark their lives got after, Everything that happens to them in the chocolate. Isn't
1: factory. that like the the guy who was in the Christmas Story? Didn't we interview uh, the Adult Mike TV at one point? <laughs> no, that was uh, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much. I guess you
0: can say, <laughs> yeah, you you could definitely say that. <laughs> the dude from A Christmas Story. Yep,
3: that's
0: true. Yeah, I forgot true. his name. Forgot his name Scotty yeah. something. Scotty um Schwartz. Scotty Schwartz. Mike TV. So yeah, there you go. That's that's the Mike TV. It's he's got that role under the lock, huh?
1: Yeah. Well, I guess these characters aren't sacred enough that you couldn't do something like that, right? Is anyone, I guess, what's their target audience? If this is just uh, Netflix's grab at an IP in which they can hit that, you know, 6 to 12-year-old market, then fine. I'm not watching it anyways. But if this is a grab for the IP and then they're going to somehow wrap it in our little nostalgia biscuit and try to sell it to... 30 to 40 year olds, that's where it's just like, all right, well, no, if you're going to buy that stuff, make it for six to 12 year olds.
0: Are you going to see how Johnny Depp finds, the you know, Loompas, or, you know, how they, that is in the book. Yeah. Yeah. They each individually have their own issues or.
1: Yeah. You know, that's, that's not am saying like, hmm. I guess you could make a oompa loompa cartoon show, like a Smurfs type thing. Violet's so
0: traumatized (laughs) by her events of being juiced that she becomes anorexic and doesn't eat anymore. Like just all these troubling and they're all like,
1: she, she opens a juice bar. There you go.
0: They all (laughs) come back to the chocolate factory that has now been turned into like a therapy trauma center for, Mm -hmm. for kids who Willy Wonka has like dismembered or abused.
1: Mm.
2: Huh? That would be like Willy Wonka brought to you by like Rob
1: Zombie. I think it's now one that I could movie. go, but I, you could package that for me. I would. Like Charlie the Chocolate Factory
2: it. run by <laughs> run by Rob Zombie. Oh man, yeah, that just might be fun. Char-
0: just have Willy Wonka to be all dreaded out with the like, just a massive like handlebar mustache. <laughs> Looks like he belongs in the Hell's Angels.
1: <laughs> did you guys? Did you guys ever read? I think they they made a movie. Like, did Tim Burton do it? Like the claymation t- style, James and the Giant Peach.
0: Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was like way when we were kids. Yeah, what do you think about
1: that little little Raw Doll ditty?
0: I like James and the Giant Peach. I mean, I thought it was a little dark and and a little twisted for being a kid. Just what the kind of what they did with uh, the claymation stuff. But you know, I, I think this is going to introduce it to a new audience, a younger generation that maybe aren't getting those movies or those movies didn't stand the test of time and don't hold up anymore. And I mean, I think. I, I'm interested in it because I think there's more to explore with like Willy Wonka. If you do it episodically, than in an hour and a half movie, mm-hmm. you could, you know, there's, I think there's more to explore with James and the giant peach episodically than in an hour and a half movie. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what they do with it. Um, but again, I, I, I just kind of feel like Netflix is just trying to grasp as much material as, as they can.
1: I'm for it if it's the target audience's kids because I think Roald Dahl has this special way of creating these uh, m- modern fairy tales that are whimsical yet kind of have these like dark undertones. And it's a good stepping stone for kids, not just to get all the saccharine stories, but to get... Just just a little pinch of like something's not right, or this character may be a little bit ab- abusive. So how do you deal with that? Or how do you survive trauma? Or how do you survive grief? Uh that in some ways uh, we, we that other kind of saccharine you said that word twice already, uh stories you don't get. Well, hmm. I think
0: I think Netflix shows that they can do it. I mean, they did the series unfortunate events show and yeah. series, so I so mm-hmm. think they, they can definitely pull it off, but yeah, that's a good example, yeah, of that, yeah. I'm just, I just don't know if we need. I, they, like I said, I know they're making a, uh Willy Wonk and the Chocolate Factory prequel, so I don't know if they need to do a. And it's got some pretty big names attached. To I think Keenan Michael Key was attached to it in some role now, and so I just, I just don't know how, know how much more. W- Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Those books, we can, we can know because wasn't there three books in that series? Oh, dude,
2: I don't. know. I don't know. I only read but one. I think
0: there's a the the
1: prequel. Then oh the yeah, the know, glass. The a, glass elevator. I think yeah. Then one there's one. Oh, a sequel yeah. to it also. Yeah. I so. think it's Charlie and the Glass Elevator or something like that, something along those lines. And they got witches, which they just remade, right? That's Raul Dahl, right? Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: But hmm. you just see Charlie grow up and just become an abusive alcoholic and just beat the oompa loompas and stuff like you're gonna, you're gonna deal with some real shit
2: well whatever you and pepperoni are gonna watch it regardless so <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> uh, leftover ziggy said yeah three books so there you go mm. but uh moving on from that charlie cox is afraid of hurting his chances at
1: whoa, 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 whoa. i thought he the... was a man without fear yeah right <laughs> well apparently yeah. he's got
0: fear when uh <laughs> When he's worried about me and Marvel, because he's he wants to in another Marvel movie so bad that he refuses to address any spoilers or any rumors by anything other than saying "no comment." Good, uh, because smart. he's afraid that he's gonna. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's smart, but f-
0: alienate fans and alienate his chances at coming back to Marvel.
2: Yeah, I definitely fear that. Big old, big old lawsuit gets. Smacked by Kevin Feige on you, but I don't know, man. Is, is this guy really that irreplaceable? I feel like maybe we haven't found the right Daredevil. He's now. not. That's
1: why he's doing everything he can. <laughs> Just, yeah, yeah, that's true. Huh? He does. <laughs> he's like, no, he's, like he's like, listen, oh, I'm not yeah. the Robert Danny Jr. of this character. Like, they might. I gotta make myself undeniable.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think he's pretty I good. I like him. At Matt I Murdock. like him. I don't, too.
2: I don't know about. Replacing. He's fine. He's fine, but it's. Not, I, I feel like there's probably someone else out there that either as good or probably better.
1: He doesn't need replacing, I don't think. But could he be replaced? Yeah. And the audience not, you know, go run away from the theaters. Yeah.
0: Where's pepperoni at to, to pitch Taron Edgerton a thousand
2: times? <laughs> one of those. One of those supernatural guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Taryn Edgerton, one of those Dude, super guys. Shia LaBeouf.
2: Yeah, he reads something on comic.com, and he just goes with it. Yeah. You know. That damn pepperoni.
0: Oh, me and him and got me and him got in such a big argument today
2: over the the what? Super Mario casting. <laughs> oh, see you guys, you guys are, are kind of the same way in the fact that like you if somebody disagrees with with you guys you guys have to make it known as to why your opinion is you know is sound like he's the same dude we'll be sitting there and i'll be like yeah yeah dude yeah i get i get what you're saying i get it i get it you know but i don't agree and so having like it's like the unstoppable force meeting the immovable object
0: (laughs) yeah well we'll talk about it more when we when we get there but i'll i'll kind of fill in the blanks when we get there but I'm all for Charlie Cox, you know. in a In a time where people aren't doing anything because we're still kind of locked in our houses and not a lot going on, I guess it just depends on yeah. where you are in the yeah. world. Um, spoilers are getting out there. Like I feel like we've talked about it before, everything with Spider-Man No Way Home has been leaked, and you've already pretty much seen the movie without even being released yet. Like every week, something new comes out about it. Yeah, whether he's in or not in this movie i don't think he really needs to comment on it um i would love to see him back in as daredevil in some capacity because i think he did a fantastic job i don't think it's going to be the same character i think he's gonna have to play it
1: differently in, in a marvel movie versus the netflix show yeah. but well it's not like he's being an asshole man like when people are right. working on something they're excited about they want to tell people yeah. Like I have a hard time when I'm on a pro I'll, I'll start a project and I won't even be done? And I'm like, Oh, I'm doing this, this thing. And I'm like, Oh, I guess I got to finish it now. Uh, so <laughs> it, it, it's you want to tell people and it's just like, it sucks because even oh. if he wasn't in it, he has to play it. Like, okay. You know, you can't do that tongue in cheek thing. I don't know. We'll see. You have to be kind of like, yeah, I really can't talk about it. I mean, I can't tell you if I'm in it or I can't tell you if I'm not in it. I I, I wish I could. I I can't. <laughs> you know, especially when you're excited about a different project you're working on
0: and you're being interviewed and then the interviewer is like,
3: "All right, well, Just let me wants, ask you yeah. about
0: Yeah, let me ask you about your role as Daredevil in this Marvel movie." And you're like, "Dude, I can't talk, you know, I'm not going to talk about that. Let's I'm sure you're here to pitch one thing. And you want me to talk about another. So yeah. it's like in the middle
1: of your wedding vows. Talk about your ex-girlfriend. Right. <laughs> we want to hear about Britney. <laughs> yeah. More Britney. <laughs> your love
0: for her is great and all, but what
1: about the ex? Yeah. yeah. Did you hear that? She's dating so-and-so.
0: Loved <laughs> mm-hmm. over Ziggy. It says, I want Kingpin, that guy in that
2: show. Yeah. Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah. Oh yeah. He was cool. He, I, I feel like maybe he's probably, a, he's, he, he's probably like the a quintessential figure, quintessential actor in that role. He that's, he's pretty good.
1: Yeah. It's almost like if you wanted, like if D'Onofrio is so undeniably good in that role and you want to mix him in with the rest of the Marvel cast, you're like, I guess we got to take the other ones too. Cause people Dude, are going to be like, know. why is this have, guy the same?
0: I think you can have D'Onofrio in there. Like I said, on his own, but it's a matter of how you introduce him. Like how you introduce that character matters. And I feel like the, the stage and the current environment of Marvel m- movies that we're in right now is too big for for that character.
2: Got to take it down to like a street level kind of thing? Yeah. Well, I mean,
0: yeah. I, and it, it just depends on how truthful the the whole Marvel is going to split into two. One group is going to be street level, and then you're going to have your cosmic stuff.
2: No, oh, I'd separate, be all about the street. How that
0: goes. But it just, it just really depends on if you can make him Kind of like a bigger threat than what's going on, you know.
2: Mm -hmm. But Hmm. I
0: mean, in a world where you've got Venom and Carnage and now Kang the Conqueror and like everything that's going on with, you know, Thanos and all these other villains that are coming, you got to kind of wonder where he fits because he's not as menacing as that's what I liked about those
1: Netflix shows is that it just felt like, uh, NYPD blue on steroids kind of you know uh it did feel very street level I mean that's I mean that word that's the quintessential word for when you know characters like Hellcat and Daredevil are brought up Punisher yeah, yeah the heroes character. for higher
2: universe yeah. like Pun- yeah. yeah like you said Punisher Luke Cage mm-hmm. Jessica Jones but if they did this whole uh, like a street they'd have to like
1: totally redo
2: all, they'd have to recast all those people again, probably.
1: Well, I mean, we accept it in the comic universe, right? We, we tell those yeah. street level stories in the comics, and we're not like, well, why doesn't, you know, um, Thor just come in and, and just deal with the kingpin? <laughs> and you're like, you just have to accept it. It's suspension of disbelief.
2: Yeah. 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 I mean, I have no problem with that at all.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, like I said, I think the street level if we could somehow separate it where the street level one works and you get the street level heroes, daredevil, Spider-Man just grounded. But I think like, I think they made it big by sending Spider-Man to space in infinity war. And just kind of like all of that, like they, they kind of yeah. like, they kind of precedent that in, in like home in homecoming where he's like the friendly neighborhood, Spider-Man stay in the neighborhood, stay loaded the streets. Mm-hmm. And then they they shoot him, genocide him into space in Infinity War and in Endgame. And it's like, all right, well, is he really a street level hero now? So I don't know how they could bring that back down to the street level to make someone like the Kingpin make sense, someone like Daredevil make sense. Like, I think introducing him. I, I, Honestly, if you don't introduce some well, Iron going, Man oh, 3,
1: Iron Man 3 tried it. Remember when he went Tony Stark literally broke the the space barrier and then he fell back down and then Iron mm-hmm. Man 3 was him literally getting back to the street level he's using his water balloons and things like yeah. that where it was like the trauma of of going beyond transcending past your bounds has caused you to go more to your roots. Uh, and that was like one of like the lower selling Marvel movies. So they're like, we only go forward, no going back, people. Right. So
0: I'm excited for that. And we'll we'll see what happens if he if he comes back. Uh if they get maybe they'll give give a lot him his own movie to, to kick that all off. Who knows? But I think like I said, I think introducing him in Spider-Man is a no-brainer. And you you could have Kingpin be introduced as the the after credits or or however they're gonna do it. But I think now with the world they're building, if you're gonna introduce these characters, it has to make sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a
1: huge history of Spider-Man and Daredevil together in the comics. I mean right. they work together yeah. really well. Uh Miller did it, and and uh it's 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 been done, it can do it, it gels.
2: Oh yeah, yeah.
0: But but I mean they, they do they are giving Hawkeye his own series too, so I guess you could you could build up that world, but I think they're trying to focus more on Young Avengers with that that whole aspect of it. But who knows? We I wouldn't mind. It would be cool if like you know I know they're trying to get to a Sinister Six movie. If it was like the Kingpin is the guy in the shadows bankrolling everything, and it's like this huge surprise at the end that he's bankrolled all this or or whatever. I don't know. I just. I I want I know that they're gonna have to bring him in strategically and bring him in right. And do I think Charlie Cox is gonna be back as Daredevil? Yes. Do I think it's gonna be anytime soon? I, I don't know. Leftover Z says, I want Kingpin. <laughs> How does it feel to want is, is what I'm gonna oh, say? He's like,
1: to. He's like, he sounds like Veruca from Willy Wonka. Yeah. I want Kingpin now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I want it now. <laughs> yeah, sing a whole song about her. <laughs> All right, moving on. Let's talk about, did you guys watch this week's What If? Mm -hmm. Yes. Let's talk about this week's What If. And then in talking about this week's What If, Jay Jay said to me last week, he said, you know, you sat here and you said you don't like What If. And I still don't. Even after this week, I still don't like What If. Well, after this week, I don't blame you. (laughs) What if we talk about how we would do What If if differently? What if we were writing What If? And I like that idea. So we'll talk about what if, and then we'll say what we would have changed if we were writing this series.
2: Did you really like it, Matt?
0: Did what? you? <laughs> this
2: week's what if? No. <laughs> no, no the, my, idea, my idea. It. My idea. Well, I, I did, I you did like your, epi- your idea. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. But I thought this week's what if episode sucked.
2: The only cool part was when Thor kept pummeling Captain Marvel over and over. That was Love. very satisfying to me. She's so smug, dude. She didn't, she just, like, Is that horrible to, me, to say? You, that's bad to say. Uh. <laughs> I mean, you, just, you, 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 you cut, cut out. out, yeah. what did you say? Oh, I said the only good part about that episode was Thor you know, pummeling Captain Marvel over and over.
1: Oh, you, you know, have the cool. you have the, the PC uh, function turned on your PC. That's why I cut it out for you automatically when you start yeah. talking. I mean, about yeah, okay, domestic I got to turn abuse. it off
2: right now, real quick. Mm-hmm. I turned off that. He's that talking filter. about domestic
0: dispute. <laughs> like, <abuse.
3: laughs> I'm just going to be that. <laughs> but
0: like to me what if is is this opportunity to have to take these characters on a grandiose scale and really change things up and really cause chaos and re people's interest in these characters and show these characters in a different light and give them to you use- give them a different
2: way but like party boy thor how is party boy thor but that was oh, that what is if. what you just said that is exactly what you just said it's taking those characters and and showing them in a totally different way and that's exactly uh, what they did
3: right here mm. just because you don't
2: like thor. it
0: he's
2: kind of party boy thor already like <laughs> but other this is than like, having a
0: massive party yeah. on different planets you know and
1: Howard the duck getting married to darcy
2: that was fun like, I like that
3: part mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I like. I like this episode I think I I think you're right I think what if Matt can be those things it has potential to be those things and it would be great if uh if there were a couple of episodes that really 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 went for it like that right yeah. and I, it'd be hard to do in half an hour but I mean at least give it touch it maybe like the exposition of a story like that and then you can imagine the rest of it but what if is also they've used what if in comics to be just satirical they've used it to be slapsticky they've used it to you know um introduce a new character was it i think the first spider girl was a what if character was there like was like mayday mayday may or something like that parker Mayday parker yeah um so yeah i think it can i think a what if can be a lot of different for lack of a better word like genres of of that and i think when you hear the title what if i think it's very easy to go to like these big spaces, right? Like where, where, you know, like, what if, you know, this crazy thing happened and where would that spin the the entire universe off to? And it would be nice if they had maybe a couple of those touched on on in here. Uh, But this one, like the party boy Thor, I mean, it was fun. I, it it was was nice hearing Natalie. I always love hearing Natalie Portman's sultry voice uh, uh, through the uh, television.
2: Yeah, see that that's that's the way I, I always watch these. It's like you know I think it's kind of cool because um I feel like it's just fun to revisit some of those moments in the in, in like the MCU and, and then um just just have fun with it. I don't really you know I don't really watch them to like yeah like, oh let's see where this you know if they do they go in an intriguing place are they going to go somewhere that's going to make me. But you know like this one do you can't you can't even look at it in any kind of you can't really analyze it very much cuz it's just supposed to be like just fun and that's all it was mm-hmm. and that's the way I watched it I I I saw it and I'm like okay that's how it's going to be <laughs> yeah.
1: And I I really like the Doctor Strange one because there were a couple of moments in Cumberbatch's performance the vocal performance in the animation where I was like oh that's legitimately traumatic and sad and and terrifying to relive that moment and they did a good job with the editing of doing it on there i'm like oh for a second there i'm like well i'm in that moment i feel that now the rest of the episode didn't hit for me i don't think i even finished the episode but there was a moment like when he's constantly in that car and it's crashing and you're seeing that in there where it was like all right in a half hour episode if you could make me like oh man that's horrible for two minutes i'm like all right I'll give you half an hour for two minutes of genuine emotion. And this one was kind of like, I gave you half an hour, maybe for like three laughs, three, three chuckles.
0: Well, I think you know? the Doctor Strange one is the most what if of the what if series, because, mm. you know, it it's, it changed a lot of things. Like he went down this opposite path in this very groundhog day-esque sequence and it turned him, it, it corrupted him. He became, you know the darker dr strange instead of the lighter street steven strange that you know now so i think that gave you more of a what a feel but like like i said last week last week like what if peggy carter was captain you know became captain america or captain carter other than make that change and making steve rogers the first iron man
2: not a lot was different to the story hmm. i like, like how howard stark had a lot more to do with it oh that was kind of cool i you would that think episode, like that yeah. like
0: this what if that there
1: would just be so well i think so much more to it i think that's the point of that first episode and people people uh shit on that one but uh the watcher does this whole thing where he gives you kind of the theme right even this what if it didn't hit very well Is like the people that in your are in your life shape who you become either good or bad so if those people aren't in your life or in, or in your life in a different way, it could drastically change who you become, which we see with Thor. And that's introduced to the beginning, and you don't really see that fleshed out a lot. But in the Captain America one, I think the the idea behind it was that, hey, if Captain America was a woman, it wouldn't change things that much. You know, no, that no. The, the what if is like, oh, we did the what if, and you know what? What if didn't make much of a change. Therefore, gender politics doesn't matter right um I think that was their. I think that was their point I don't know if the first episode I I feel like maybe was the right place for that before people kind of got the concept of like a what if can be this a what if can be this and then show that but then I think if they save that towards the end it's less action-packed than like a zombie one people would just be like even more so I think it was a lose-lose on that one as far as where you place that in, in the series.
0: Well, I think the the biggest thing to come out of this is like I think like the villains are, are the most changed as far as this what if goes. Like you're seeing the vision come in and what looks like uh Ultron armor with all the infinity stones.
1: So that sounds kind of more like the what if you want. Like if yes. if it started off like that, if the episode right. started right. with that, that's what you want to see. What if vision had all the infinity stones and attorney Evil.
0: Well, I mean, or just like, I think this would be a perfect way to bring in. I understand that maybe they can't because of, you know, of rights issues, but like, this would be the perfect way to introduce like a spider Gwen. Like what if Gwen Stacy was spider woman, you know, and introduce spider Gwen into this, or what if Gwen Stacy was Deadpool or, you know, yeah, have all these Gwen other Pool. new, yeah. All these other <laughs> properties that they could have, you know, brought in and used in this instead of the same ca- cast of characters pretty much retelling the same stories.
1: See I, that would I, I been agree cool. with that. I I would, would, I would say yeah. if if they continue what if one episode a season like each episode serves a different purpose, right? To tell a heartwarming story, to have fun, to tell an alternate universe story, and one of them should be to speculate on a new character, test it out. A, 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 a Gwenpool or something like that. And one episode, you get that property that has not been realized in animation or or live action yet and try them out. And if it takes off, then, hey, talk about where that could go. And if it doesn't, then it doesn't, you know? Uh, I think that's a good idea, Matt. I think at least one episode dedicated to trying to introduce a new uh, C-level character uh, would be uh, a good way to do that.
0: Or show you different things, like... Chip is writing a series right now. What if Peter Parker was Venom? You, that would be a great what if story. Like, what if he never gave up the symbiote? yet? What if he turned into Venom? What if he went evil? You know, seeing things like that in a different light versus Party Boy Thor. Or or what if, you know, Steve Rogers is shot and Peggy Carter became Captain America, you know, or it, things like that. Like, I feel like they're playing it very safe with what if instead of taking bigger yeah. risks that they can't necessarily do in the movies you know
2: yeah Joe fix it man I want to see Joe fix it
1: little gray Hulk
2: yeah that'd be fun this episode right here would have been a good spot to introduce Joe fix it
1: to have a a Hulk story in general would be pretty cool because he works so well with animation you could really have the Hulk 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 it out Mm -hmm. they they can make it like a noir you know Joe fix it She'd do the whole thing in black and white black and white like, black and white animation explain, like, yeah like, oh, black wow. and white animation have the over narration of it where bruce you know I, I, there's a lot of things you do well <laughs>
0: and like you own all these properties now you own all the x-men you own deadpool you own the fantastic four why not use this series to introduce these characters to get people who maybe aren't readers of the books you know, into these characters. So when you release their movies, they're like, "Oh man, yeah, remember that episode of What If we watched? Let's go check this out. Like, how badass would it be to see the Thing and Hulk have their their throwdown in mm-hmm. What If?
2: You know, or just yeah, things well, they like wouldn't that. Like, introduce a major character in here, though. Like, I thing. mean,
0: they could though, and then it they pushes could, in there. It gets the your average everyday non book
2: reader interested in these characters you think this would do it though you think like this half hour thing would would be like oh i'm really interested in this gwen pool like someone who's never i
0: think so like look how big like one issue of, of spider gwen in in edge of spider verse 2 exploded this character to where she's massively popular now
2: you know yeah maybe maybe so i think... i do think it'd be cool to, to... Maybe not even a, like a major character that we're gonna see on film some other time. I, like you said before, I think it'd be awesome to, to introduce like the weird little peripheral characters that we're all familiar with, you know, like you were saying, like Spider Gwen and like Gwen Poole and and uh and Joe Fix someone that's probably not even gonna ever make it onto film. You know, it'd be fun yeah. to see in this for sure. Oh, well, he'll make be, it on film,
3: he'll be on this go. would be like a perfect place to put like uh, oh, yeah, everything. Like,
0: you get to see a day in the life of a a Hydra henchman or, you know, something Hydra like that. Hydra Bob. Yeah. Like, or, you know, just, just things like that. Like they could go off the wall and crazy and, and do different things with this than, than they are, you know, but I just, I just haven't been like, I've spent more time waiting for these episodes to be over. Like I literally only watch <laughs> these episodes now to talk about it on on a podcast oh that's bad dude because i can't like this is the first marvel program where i'm just not enjoying it like i'm ready for it to be over and when when we were first talking about what if and they gave you that first teaser you're like oh man marvel zombies well that fell flat oh man you know it just it just hasn't paid off I
2: didn't mind the zombie one too much.
1: I never I didn't watch that one or the one after it. I watched this one because I knew what we were gonna talk about today. So I kind of I kind of stepped away from what if. I mean, I'm not opposed to it. I'm not against it. It's just I got uh, I I gotta read Stephen King. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, that's what I was gonna tell
1: you, the, the day if the day comes and
2: pop bonsai we're we're having to watch it just to do the podcast, it's fucking over,
0: dude. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, man, when you run a weekly pop culture podcast it's called sacrifice it's sacrifice for your it. art sir
2: i couldn't do it man
3: you gotta do <laughs> it
2: it's sacrifice because, for your you know art. what because i'd sit there grudgingly watching it like you all pouty having to watch it and <laughs> wait until it's over and then you just spew your hate on your podcast see that yeah i don't know man i don't know it's it's like how it's like how i was thought i was going to be watching titans i'm like i <sighs> just Damn pepperoni! Always moaning about Titans. Fine, I'll, say, I'll watch spewing, it.
1: Spewing, spewing your hate like the blood of a after a vampire stabbed in the bathroom. <laughs> That's a great scene. They don't great ever scene. go down
2: the same way twice, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I don't know. I would just like. Well,
1: I would like to see like what if oh steve here we rogers. go finish it finish it here's your pitch give us your what if pitch
3: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. well
0: i'm saying like i would i think it would be Spirit cooler what if if like steve rogers what if the the super soldier serum didn't work what how what would his role be what would he do would he go would he go down the same path you know would he still try to
1: save bucky would he still because he was always at. That kind of that boy style. I, I like, think I think that uh, that particular one. I, I don't I don't think that would work because the answer is yes, he would, and that's why he, he was chosen to be Captain America. Yeah. Right.
0: Like I said, I would like to see what if Peter Parker became Ooh. Venom. What if he never got rid of the symbiote suit? Like I said, Spider Gwen would be a good one too. Like,
1: yeah, the spider the spider Spider Man's got a lot of cool what ifs that could be around uh, yeah. Parker and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Leftover Ziggy said, What if
0: Hulk had bad gas? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Just farting radioactive way. That would have fit
2: into this one. Yeah. I was gonna
0: say yeah. <laughs> but
2: I just it
0: it's I just think like they could have went darker places with it, you know? Yeah, man. Or different could. with the the characters like I I like the Doctor Strange one for what it was. Um I still think it's probably the best one. I still think that the T'Challa one is. What if T'Challa with Star Lord one's overrated, and the only reason people
1: are praising it is because Chadwick Boseman is dead. <laughs> I like how Matt's like the Leonard Cohen of the "What If" universe. If you <laughs> want it darker, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I just, I don't know, man. No, anyway. it's fair. It's fair. It's fair enough. I. I the problem with the title, like, what if, right, is it, it What it if has, its balance, right? Thanos it, it, by crawling is, in his no, ass
0: and expanding. Like,
1: yeah, there's yeah. no limits to it. What if ellipsis, question mark, the ellipsis added in there means that like, possibilities are infinite and endless. And it sounds like what you're saying is that the possibilities seem very narrow for the creators of this series, at least what if it wasn't uh what if peggy got the powers what if the avengers never existed so that ellipsis is actually very contained they're doing in this series as opposed to that infinite possibility of things
0: well like what if howard the duck had the infinity gauntlet That'd yeah be cool yeah. you could there's so many like you could use so many other characters in this than than your core avengers like we st- I, we saw the Avengers like we saw Endgame. It it was if, it put to an end. Why are we still working with these characters? You've got all these new characters to go with.
1: Because those are the ki- those are the characters the nine-year-olds know.
0: Yeah, but mm-hmm. I was like, what you could have something cool with mantis going on, or you could use mantis, or you could use Cork, or you know, so many of these other characters that people know, then rather than reliving the Captain America story, or the Iron Man story all over again, or the Killmonger stuff, or Party Boy Thor, like I just... I don't know.
2: Yeah, maybe they will. What if if Tony
0: Stark had to pay taxes? (laughs) What if Ant-Man was an actual ant? There you go. But
1: I I just... An ant or an aunt? Aunt. Aunt. I just... I don't know. What if Ant Man was Aunt May? Oh
0: man. What if Uncle Ben never died?
1: What What if if Uncle Ben Ben was Ben Grimm? (gasps) (laughs) What if Uncle Ben was Spider-Man?
0: What if Uncle Ben burned his rice?
1: What Jay, (laughs) what would you like to see a what if of? Give me your what if.
2: Is this our pitch? Is this our Yeah, yeah? Go for it. Pitch it. Did you guys write out a pitch?
1: I didn't write a pitch. No, I thought about a a pitch this morning over coffee.
2: So, I wrote out a pitch. Okay. Oh,
1: here we go. Mm -hmm. Let's hear
2: it. So, oh, dude, it's really long. Go (laughs) for it. Go go for it. Go for it. Okay. Okay. So, I tried to keep things in the time. Okay. So, my pitch is: What if Howard Stark was an agent of Hydra? Okay. So imagine uh, instead of uh, being killed by Winter Soldier on that country road, Howard Stark and his wife were instead kidnapped by the Winter Soldier and recruited by Hydra. Knowing this situation was unstable, to say the least, Howard sent his son, Tony, to live with his friend and colleague Anton Vanko in Russia, whose son Ivan is, is like Tony's age, of course. Um, Tony and Ivan became uh, lifelong friends, eventually moved to the States, uh, to go to college and, um, you know, they got, it was paid for by Hydra and by, uh, their dads who never had the falling out. So, um, <clears throat> they start the, the, uh, corporation Stark Vanco uh, from the ground up, uh, hire, uh, red room operative Natasha Romanoff as personal assistant and winter soldier to secretly head security detail for the corporation. Okay. And they end up hiring Obadiah stone still. Okay. Um, so, and then I, I thought about maybe the, the, the actual events of iron man one do come into play, right? Like Obi kind of fucks him over in the demonstration, in the middle East, and he gets captured and blah, blah, blah. but so when Tony's finally rescued him and Ivan developed the iron man and war machine suits together, um, perfecting the arc reactor technology uh, who both their fathers worked on together. And uh, like Ivan developed the whiplash weapon in the Iron Man or in the war machine armor, which I thought would be cool. Um, so then uh, uh, you know, uh, whiplash and Iron Man seek revenge on Obadiah and they, they fuck around in the streets and same thing, you know, the government tries to uh, come in and take the suits away from them But this time they sent Captain America in for him, right? So um, when Captain America comes for the suits, um, Iron Man, uh, War Machine, Black Widow, uh, kill him. And uh, Bucky, Winter Soldier, sees this. And because he's no longer really brainwashed, um, he's totally flabbergasted by this, right? Because he he realizes his old friend Steve Rogers is still alive. Captain America is still around. And his friends and employers killed him. So um, uh, I kind of was like, well, so at that point, um, uh, Stark and Vanko would retreat back to the USSR, um, go underground for a while. And uh, Winter Soldier would uh, stay in the States, you know, lay low where he's recruited uh, by Nick Fury as the first candidate to the Avengers Initiative. End
3: of
1: oh, story. Oh, I like it. It's kind of it gives it gives me a, a Superman Red Sun kind of vibe. You know? Yeah, like, it's it, kind it, of yeah, what's going. Yeah, on. yeah, 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 yeah,
3: what's going yeah, on. yeah. I got you, buddy.
1: Hey, <laughs> yeah. hey, brother, man, I got you. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What do you think? Yeah. What? So, what? What overarching idea are we exploring with that? As far as the humanity of the the what if? You know, what would the Watcher say in the beginning of that episode?
2: Well. The thing I was kind of exploring is first of all, like I you know what I'm a huge Mickey Rourke fan and I thought he was so fucking underutilized in this. Mm-hmm. I like, wouldn't it be cool because cause you imagine like a young Mickey Rourke, like diner Mickey Rourke
1: hanging yeah. out with his uh, Tony dick, Stark uh, dick in a, a popcorn bowl and then having Tony <laughs> like uh Captain America come and like try to eat some. Yeah, no, they
2: have Black Widow try to come and eat at some of
1: it. <laughs> i'm sorry it's just like you turned me on so much I, I i don't know i got a little crazy it's all right let's go walk and watch the movie dude those two those two characters would fit so- i would love to see a movie of just that. i don't think absolute geek is <laughs> the right place to talk about the diner jay sorry we gotta we gotta pull that back we gotta save that
2: yeah so anyway so yeah i was just kind of i was like gosh i wish they would have used mickey rourke better in, in this and i wish mickey rourke was wasn't such a freak um and
1: so well, that's I don't know. Rourke. Of... You're asking Mickey, you're asking Mickey Rourke not to be Mickey Rourke at that point. Yeah, I know, I know. But
2: so I guess I didn't really include like any like you know peripheral characters, but um yeah, I just thought it'd be cool to maybe you know explore the whole uh uh Anton Vanko thing, Anton and Ivan Vanko thing, and how it would have gone if you know there wasn't that falling out and they weren't fucked over.
1: Well, I mean the the good thing about I mean for your pitch, like not just like as a, what if as the comic, but uh, the, what if in that series, it actually works out really well because one of the things, one of the worlds that Marvel universe is fleshed out pretty well is the Hydra and agents of shield world. I mean, of all the areas that they've fleshed out so far, I mean, there's a lot of backstory to that. When you think about it, you know, there's a lot of yeah. characters associated with that universe. There's a lot of agencies. There's a lot of backlore to it. It's, it's, it, it it would fit well in something like this s- season's run of what if.
2: Yeah. Job, so man. what do you got? Thanks. What do you guys got? What do you would you have, Travis?
1: Uh, I got a refill. I'll let Matt go. <laughs> uh, li- listen, my pitch requires a <laughs> refill because <laughs> it is not as good oh, as that one. <laughs> no, yeah. I doubt it. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I doubt it. It is better. Not that it's on my camera, so you don't see me trapping myself. <laughs>
0: I I I don't know if I could I could top yours, man. Like that's evil Tony Stark is a good. Would be cool.
2: Yeah, like yeah, that's I what mean, if
0: done right. Honestly,
2: oh, yeah, I think it'd be fun. Like I said, I mean, I just you know, I was like Whiplash is like he, it was kind of a cool character, and I'm like, man, the fact that he, you know, he lasted like half a movie and then they like killed him, and it's like, eh. But yeah, I think it'd be cool. Like I always think, because you know, like I was telling Travis, like I really like Mickey Rourke. I like his, some of his older movies. I'm like, I can see his character hanging out with a young Tony Stark, like partying with a young Tony Stark. You know, high high society. You know, just do. You know, they'd be like like two peas in a fucking pod. You know. So yeah. I thought that would be a fun idea to explore.
1: Sure. I'm back. Go ahead, Travis. Only a pitch. Uh, mine's me a pitch. mine's a goop. My, you know, what? I'm not gonna. I'm not going to uh, caveat mine. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. I give it to you right now. So we all know that Doctor Strange is a sorcerer, the sorcerer supreme, if you will. But my what is what if is, what if Doctor Strange wasn't a sorcerer? What if Doctor Strange was a Scientologist? <laughs> <laughs> now. Uh, one of the things I I, 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 I like a fun w- what if, uh, and I also like the uh, uh, ability for what if, and they haven't used it as much in this one, but in the comics, every now and then you'd get one out of one of their runs, not in the '70s run, but the like the '80s run, you get a satire uh, on on something topical, uh, like uh, Reaganomics or something like that. So I thought it'd be fun to uh use what if to do a satire on scientology you know it's it's an easy thing to satirize and when you satirize scientology you therefore satirize all kind of uh <laughs> Scientologist supreme there you go uh that's the, the 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 byline um on there so i thought it'd be a fun way to explore that in, in a, a way that um uh, what do they call it is it an audit when you like ask questions uh, so, does anyone know anything about Scientology? I should have looked up more stuff for the pitch. <laughs> does anyone know. know? It's called like an audit or something where you ask people like questions, and then you're. It's part of the recruitment po- process. So in my mm-hmm. comic book version of this, it opens up with the Sorcerer Supreme doing one of those Scientology audits on Johnny Storm because I feel like Johnny Storm would be one of the most acceptable characters to <laughs> Scientology in the Marvel universe for some <laughs> reason hilarious. I don't know why, uh, and. <laughs> And what that does when we're when we're going through this, I also some I also had the the idea of maybe uh, using <laughs> I like that. the eye of Elron Hubbard. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking Elron Hubbard could be like manifest that he manifests Elron Hubbard in the Vision's body, so we get Elron Hubbard as a character being brought forth in again through the Vision Android. We gotta have an Android Android version of Elron Hubbard somehow, and it's a way to explore the occult and cult. Life. You get the occult of Doctor Strange. You get the cult of Scientology. We put them in a nice little stew. We put it on simmer, and we let the characters have fun with it.
2: Huh. That's oh. funny.
0: That's a lot to. That's a lot to take in there, Travis. What if Doctor Strange
1: <laughs> was a Doctor
0: of Scientology? <laughs> I
1: feel like yeah. Cumberbatch could play a uh, 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 Scientologist well. Probably, or you can get Beck. Beck could play um, Doctor Strange. Who? Beck. The I believe Beck is a Scientologist. He is. Mm-hmm. Let me oh. Google that because I don't want to out him right now. Tom Let's Cruise. Dear Tom Google. Tom playing. Does anyone else uh, type in "Dear Google" when they when they search something on Google? <laughs> Dear, no Google.
2: Prude.
0: That's like
1: entering is Beck
0: a. <laughs> Scientologist. Thank you. Yeah,
2: yeah, thank Google afterwards. <laughs> sincerely.
3: Yeah, sincerely <laughs> Google.
1: Oh, Beck reveals I am not a Scientologist in new interview. Oh. But the only reason that that's a story is because at some point he was a known Scientologist. <laughs> someone, thought, someone thought he was. <laughs> what was if Doctor
0: Strange was really a gynecologist? Oh, here separated. we go.
1: Beck is no longer a Scientologist. Uh Beck says I'm not a Scientologist after all, USA Today. <laughs> Beck says it's not easy being a Scientologist. Beck says a lot of things about Scientology. Too many things that he's now suspect. It's kind of like, listen, if I'm a frog bro- brother and someone's saying stuff about vampires the way thing, the way that Beck says stuff about Scientology, I'd have to put a stake through his heart just to make sure. <laughs> you pretty much follow the rise and fall of Beck and Scientology like with Google articles. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Beck into hot new religion. 1998 <laughs> headline.
0: <laughs> yeah i looked at it more like from a combo standpoint like i like your guys idea that's creative and outside the box but i was like what if you brought like the whole like deadpool kills the marvel universe into it so like instead of the hank pym trying to kill them all you have deadpool showing up out of and you know in the background of all these things trying to kill these characters in, in an episode or or something like that so that way like i said you're introducing deadpool to a new audience, you're introducing Deadpool into the MCU. You're using that character instead of sh- having him sit on the shelf, having people wanting more of that character, but you're not giving it to them. Kind of things like that. I didn't get as creative as what if Doctor Strange was a doctor of Scientology or what or if. Or proctologist,
1: I guess he, he had been. He, there you go. <laughs> he's, a, he's a foot doctor
3: i think it would be cool to have that
1: (laughs) matt's like i've had too much of doctors uh your your pitch scares (laughs) me and uh i'm out
2: i would really like to have deadpool in that capacity just because like i know my kids who are like little um deadpool's a little too much and i'm just like you know they're like oh you know who's deadpool blah 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 i'm like oh, I don't know. Can't really watch those movies yet.
1: <laughs> hey, aren't your but kids like teenagers, Jay?
2: Two of them are. Okay. Yeah, and so the other ones, are, they're too little, so it's
1: like, yeah. Jay has a bunch of kids that How many kids a- do you have, Jay? I thought you had two kids. Four. Four. We're, we're finding yeah, something yeah, he's out he's right now. He's got a couple Hold. that
0: haven't achieved greatness yet in his eyes, so he just doesn't talk about them. He just <laughs> kind of keeps them locked away until they, they yeah. reach it. Something
2: that he can truly be proud of. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. They haven't uh, blossomed you, in my
1: eyes. Do you use ha- Halloween as a barometer every year, where you show them, make them sit down and watch a more progressively scarier horror movie each year? You're like, "Ooh, this is your 13 on on this Halloween. We watch this one." Have you ranked the scares of yours? Like, have you have they seen mm-hmm. The Lost Boys yet? No, a uh, couple of them have. A couple of them haven't. I do I do that,
2: but not intentionally. I, every oh. every year i'm like mm, can i push it a notch further you know ha, mm-hmm. you know this halloween you know i, I, I scared know. stupid yeah i'm still not at like hereditary level yet mm. <laughs> you know? uh,
1: but...
0: scared stupid
1: no they've boy, they're way past that I make a suggestion jay and i make this suggestion to all parents out there there was a time in this world where your television was called a book and people would actually gather around in the evening, they'd light some candles, maybe the fireplace, and they would take turns reading, reading poetry, reading short stories, <laughs> reading passages or chapters from books. This what Halloween- What do you think this is? <laughs> during the Halloween season, take a night, light some pumpkin candles, bring the family in, open up a nice leather bound volume of scary stories and read them a scary story out loud. It's a good
2: idea. That's a good yeah. idea. But you know, let me ask you this. Have you um, found any collection that's like, and I don't mean like goosebumps type shit. I mean like anything that's, de- any kind of like maybe Ray Bradbury or something mm-hmm. on that so Like You can read The Velt
1: from Ray Bradbury or like, yeah, there's some Ray Bradbury stuff or that, what was that one? The Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. That's, I think I read that oh, one. I was like, wow. we all, that's we all a read good that one. one. We if you could find I mean, a first I mean.
0: edition with the original art where the original art was more terrifying than the yeah. stories were. Yeah, like what if it was a little... child's book and there's like people getting dismembered and disemboweled in it?
1: and
2: it's, That's a good yeah. idea.
1: I'm I, see, here's the problem, guys. I'm a dad who, tradition without kids. I have so many good traditions that I can bring into a family. I just don't have the children to do it. Can I borrow your kids, Matt? You have you're you're popping one out here soon. Not you personally, <laughs> but um, you know, I, I'll fly in every year. We'll read them a spooky story and then we'll 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 go out of there.
3: Yeah, you Sounds can fill in man. for
1: dad for a week anytime you want, Travis. That's <laughs> fine.
0: I can I can go figure find something out to you can be dad for a week and and take on all uh, that responsibility.
1: <laughs> that, and now I feel like uh, Kevin's Kevin's uh, chasing Amy, and that's when Black Beauty decided to do some of his own dicking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. There like Jason
3: go. Lee, <laughs>
0: you should start a business. Like they have Uber and they have Lyft and they have Turo. You, you rent a dad. Yeah. Where you just come in and give fatherly advice to someone whose dad maybe
1: left and never came back. and Uncle Tr- Uncle Trav's crazy mustache stories. Yeah. Like, <laughs> run a dad, dude. Run a dad.
0: You come in and give life good. advice or you come in you might and you have, give punishments. Like, you come in and you, you just be a, a fill-in dad for a little you bit. Might
1: have, you might have a uh, the spec script for a new rock movie, my friend.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean you've already got the mustache for it you're
1: or a no i think i think you have a, a story there if this was 2002 eddie murphy would star in this movie renadad
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: i mean I, I think it's a million dollar idea dude renadad
1: yeah. start
2: with guam see how that works yeah, and then
1: branch yeah out. it's a small island if it goes sour yeah. it goes sour real fast yeah, they'll chase you into the ocean somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> no, people are making out in there. I don't want to go. It's creepy.
0: <laughs> and you can you can have a theme song that plays too. Like you you always you can hit play and it's like doon 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 and you walk yeah. to the door and you're like, Come here, little Billy, sit down. I heard you got in trouble with school today. Hey Billy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say to get all come, creepy raping. On, on, but...
1: Come in on Uncle Travis's lap here. Yeah. I gotta tell you a story about a man who cuts his own foot off. <laughs> Do you have epilepsy?
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's not cool to do what you did to Susie today in school. Young oh, man, man just, I hurt myself. Just rent a dad. You know, you come in and you get to give, like, follow the avo- advice. Or, like, if the kid's underprivileged and his dad's d- dead or or took off, you can come to the bat. They can pay you to come to the basketball game Two. and cheer him on like you're there. I could teach them how inside. to
1: use a semicolon properly, how to use yeah. a, a <laughs> comma and a coordinating conjunction like for and nor, but for yet. So to connect two complete independent clauses together, boom, that's free. What? I'll throw that in. For timeless.
2: Free. That's timeless. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of advice that just spans a test of time right there.
0: And then, you, you know, comma the and is great. When they, win a Nobel prize, they can be like, or, or some kind of award or their Oscar speech. and be like, you know, my dad took off. But yeah. thank heavens that my rented dad Travis Ratz was there, and you know, and all the the
1: audience like, I'm so proud. <laughs> I <love> you, Billy! <laughs> and, yeah,
0: like they that love episode you. of, like that episode of Fresh Prince where you know he's he's gonna thank his his dad, and when he when Jazz wants him to, uh, I think it's Jazz, where one of his friends wants him to have a kid, be like the surrogate for him, yeah, and he's like gonna Uncle some NBA award, NBA award, and Will Smith stands up, and Jazz like pushes him out of the way, and. And stuff, so things like that, dude. Rent a dad, perfect yeah. idea. You're the uncle that filled that void in my life. There you go, yeah. Filled. Rent a dad, and fuck big brother. It's all about rent a dad. Yeah, yeah. A dad. And dad, dad, hey, if dad, they're uncle alone,
1: Travis taught us punctuation. <laughs> hey, and you know what? If there's any lo- lonely moms out there who want to rent a dad, I'm down for that too. Is an extra price per- for that, but too far. <laughs> <laughs> Jay's like, no, no. This is oh two foot they said too far. No, no, no. It's a two for one. <laughs> two for one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like this, guys. This is why this is why I come on here because we're generating ideas. We're not <laughs> just it's a safe space. <laughs>
0: just to be clear, Matt, we're not renting a dad. Rent a dad. I'm telling you, don't Aaron.
1: don't be so hasty. Yeah, you know, yeah, he is. He is. Travis <laughs> might be able to give our yeah. daughter the life You've they, only never seen could. me on, on one podcast. You know, yeah. give me like five podcasts. You know, I got do you want your, your child to be able to write extremely uh well-punctuated prose? I would think so. Run to dad. Mm-hmm.
0: He it's the fatherly advice that you may need, but not necessarily want. Right. You didn't <laughs> know you wanted. Yep. <laughs> You're gonna
1: get it. There you go. All right. What if? That's a good one.
0: He grows what the if. he grows the mustache, and the mustache says it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once you start charging, you have to get tested once a month in Vegas. There
1: you go. Oh yeah, we have to work the business side out because I'm I'm gonna have to like, how do I ensure this? You know, how do I keep myself liable if the kid chokes on something like one of the hard candies that I bring them? am I liable for that? Is there protection for that? It's, it's a whole, do I go limited LLC? What do I, what am I doing here? That's for a different podcast.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, they already have big brothers, man. You can just,
0: you can mm-hmm. just walk in. I think they're nonprofit a, and I'm, yeah. t- I'm all profit. dad though, man, <laughs> you come profit. in,
3: you,
0: you come in, you give that life advice, you leave. If they pay extra, you come in, give that life advice, you know, lather up the mom and then you still leave like it's the best yeah. of both worlds you don't have to be tied it's down elaborate. you get to have yeah. a ton of kids and you get all the free mom ass you want like it's, yeah. it's a win-win it's like for everyone like, like the, the underprivileged rabbit it's like ass rabbit yeah the fatherless kid gets <laughs> some advice the, the the single mother gets some some issues filled in you know he's an equal opportunity <laughs> employer like
1: he's an equal opportunity lover there you go <laughs> <laughs> oh but jay our podcast after this is gonna get real sloppy <laughs> <I know. laughs> oh man that's awesome i be i know you have some other things on your list but i want to pop in i watched why the last man huge why the last man comic fan i am up to date with these the first four episodes uh how are you liking i know you guys talked about it a little bit last week right uh i, I did a little bit yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, you, oh, was
2: I on there last week?
0: No, I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, you were. You were here for a little bit.
1: You left oh, to come talk to me, and I listened to their audio version of their podcast.
2: That's weird. I remember that. Okay. Sorry. <laughs>
1: oh, you pulled it up. Look at this. It. He's
2: got the graphic ready. Right. Nice.
0: Caused a bunch of excess trauma for the kids by having more parents figure leaving good. Uh, <laughs> well, here's the thing. Actually, I I, mean, I never leave. Um, I'm always he, in their lives. I am not enjoying this series that much, honestly. Mm. It's not piquing my interest.
1: The, it, have you, I mean, is it just kind of a general sense of it or is it just like you feel like you've seen it all before now at this point, like this, the same kind of the Yeah, tropes? pretty much. Like I feel mm-hmm.
0: like it's very much like it, it gives you that Walking Dead feel and like it, maybe this came out at the height of like zombie apocalypse stuff and apocalypse stuff that it'd be different, but it, it, it kind of feels like, you know you've seen this stuff before it's not really original like if once they get into more of the the comic stuff i think like the the relationships um that he has the the illegitimate child he has you know the all of that when you get deeper into the comic i just think right now like the first three episodes have been very boring and, and have dragged
1: quite a bit mm-hmm. Oops, J- jay have you watched it
2: i haven't mm-hmm. i haven't seen it i didn't even know it was out yet what about this show is is piquing your interest though
1: so uh for me i I understand those completely uh those are i i am suffering from post-apocalyptic fatigue as well uh it's very hard to even find stuff to talk about we're on comic exposure we're having trouble finding books that are that are not post-apocalyptic and i i think i've said everything on i can say on post-apocalyptic but i love why the last man uh when it came out in the early 2000s it did feel fresh back then and the story is not only one of my favorite comic books, but it's one of my favorite stories told out uh, on there. And it, I, it's changed depending on when I read it. Like, I did a reread a couple of years ago. And, when I, of course, when I'm, not, like, 21, York was awesome. And now yeah. York is kind of, like, a little bit more annoying. But he's kind of like when you watch, like, uh, an old Kevin Smith movie. Like, when you're, like, 12, like, Brody is like the man, the person you want to be. But then as you're older, you're like, I still he's a funny character. But like, man, that would kind of get annoying. You know, uh, it's kind of like the same way for York, the main character. But for me personally, I love the story so much. It's fun to see what they're doing with it, even though I don't agree with all their choices. And it's nice watching a story that, you know, really well. It's nice to it's a fun experiment to see how they take it and translate it and why they make the choices that they do. Uh, and what choices they make better, like there's an epi- there's a choice in the first episode um, where uh, Hero, one of the female protagonists, actually kills her lover before the apocalypse hits, which was a great choice that that makes more and more so much more sense than the book, because in the book, she suffers this guilt, which leads to events in the book. But you feel like that guilt is kind of unwarranted as much, and the bitterness is unwarranted. Here they set that up where she commits this horrible crime that obviously is going to propel to guilt. But then they make poorer choices, like Yorick breaking up with his girlfriend in person before this whole apocalypse begins. That was a really poor choice, because one of the best parts of the book is that Yorick is able to keep his energy and joy because he's on this quest for a princess. So you have all these women in this world trying to Um, reconstruct society. Everything is very serious. And then you have like Super Mario over here who's just trying to rescue a princess that he thinks is in in love with him. And in the first episode, they break up. And so he's whining and pining. And I I think that was a big mistake and that choice. But I also think the hero choice is really good. So I'm really enjoying it for how different storytellers will take a story and try to adapt it what they do good and what they do poor. I think their agent three, five, five, that actress is seems to be crushing it at the, at that role is that's a very tough role to play. And I think that she's killing it so far. Uh, I'm interested to see how that relationship develops. I agree with all the things that you said. It does feel a little bit slow. And if you don't know what's coming, if you never read why the last man, and you don't know where the possibility this could go, you might tune out because you're like, this is too slow but if it goes where it could go i'm kind of hanging in there just to see it so it's kind of more a personal enjoyment so i i I don't recommend it to people i'm like you got to watch why the last man Uh, i would say you've got to go and read why the last man and right now last year they came out with an omnibus it was like a 100 bucks last year i think it might even be less than that the whole story hard copy giant thick book on amazon It used to be a hundred bucks. Go get that. That's what I recommend. Go read why the blast man.
0: Like I'm worried that it's going to suffer big time and lose people when you get into like all the cloning stuff and all the stuff down the line. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to really
1: lose the. Yeah. The the core audience at that point. I like the road trip romance. I like the road trip romance of it. And you don't feel that yet. And you might not feel it at all. Unfortunately.
0: So, so. one, Eric says, Wait, wait, wait. I have to call you out, Travis. What they did good and what they did poor. Weren't you just bragging about your English skills?
3: Mm,
1: English skills deteriorate the more we get into a podcast and the more <laughs> I have. <laughs> Plus, uh, I'm Ziki. getting my frog boy on.
0: There you go. Liftovers, he Fro- said, Uh, to me, it's annoying. Oh, boohoo, she dumped me. I wanted her still, boohoo. Yeah, I just. I just think I'm like I, like you said I'm very much post apocalyptic fatigue um cuz I feel like you're getting that everywhere that's just a genre mm-hmm. that's being I milked that. and very much milked and very much um overutilized right now because I think mm-hmm. it's an e- it's an easy genre to get into and an easy market to to go after all but right. the the comic is fantastic i'm not mm-hmm. i don't disagree with you at all but like like i said i just feel like for fx for the like kind of the deeper waters the book gets into when you you know when he has his love child and spoiler his love child and you get into all the cloning stuff and it just it just kind of like snowballs yeah. and it gets into some deeper territory that i don't know is gonna hold the well,
1: i'm gonna watch the first season uh matt if you jump out i'll tell you at the end whether i'm like oh you, you missed out jump back in or if you're like good choice if, if it continues on your road that you were thinking i mean i'm on. trying
0: like i watched the new episode i actually watched it before the podcast started and like i was like this is just there's not a whole lot to unpack here like the, the agent's just killing everybody and going crazy and he's trying to stop her and it's just It's just like there's not a whole lot. Like it felt very much like I was watching an an episode of Walking Dead. There's not a lot Mm -hmm. different there, other than zombies. It's it's the last man on earth, pretty pretty much. You know, the last Mm -hmm. him and his monkey are the last two male figures or beings with a Y chromosome. So Mm -hmm. it's just I don't know. I hope it gets better. I hope it picks up the more you get into it. But right now, the first four episodes. I'm just kind of like, man, if I re- remember to watch it, I'll watch it. Or I found myself doing other things while it was on in the background. Mm-hmm. So yeah, fair enough. It was not a big, uh, a big thing for me here. Um, let's go ahead real quick and talk Disney plus stuff. I'm saying i didn't mean to do that. Um, getting Disney plus day coming November 12th. We're going to get a bunch of new information and exclusive looks at Marvel properties and MCU titles coming up, such as Hawkeye, Miss Marvel, She Hulk, and Moon Knight, all which have completed filming except for Moon Knight. It should be ending near filming. But uh, we know we got word today that Miss Marvel isn't coming until 2022 now. So the next big Marvel mo- property, as far as Disney Plus goes, we're going to get is going to be Hawkeye. Um, is there anything coming up do you do you guys like the continuation of these marvel shows on disney plus do you think disney plus is being well utilized um for this kind of material or are you guys kind of kind of over it and not really don't really care about what they're going to announce i'm sure you were probably going to get the announcement of falcon and winter soldier 2 or you know second season
2: of that oh man i, I like them all <clears throat> i think they do a good job i've liked all the series. I don't know, man. I'm kind of like a superhero apologist. So, uh, mm. you know, anything they throw out there, man, I'm going to watch. And I think they have used it pretty well, uh, you know, in their in the episodic territory and, you know, being the serialized shows. I think they're cool. And Mal, I'll, I mean, I'm not, you know, like particularly excited about, you know, Kamala Khan, uh, Miss Marvel. If they introduce like champions with it would be pretty cool. Um, but eh, I don't know about a standalone Miss Marvel show. I, I mean, I, I'll watch it anyway, but it's not like I'm, you know, throbbing at the mouth.
0: Young like Avengers or. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Something like that would be awesome.
0: Yeah. What do you, what do you think, Travis?
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of with, with Jay. I, I go back and forth, um, a little bit, but ultimately, uh, I would be betraying my, uh, Thirteen-year-old self, if I was ever to flip a nose, there's too many comic book properties. It's just, it's out there, right? And I can choose whether to watch it or not. And that's kind of where I'm at. I, don't, I watch that stuff. I, I enjoyed Falcon Winter Soldier. I enjoyed Wandavision. I enjoyed Loki. Um, I don't feel obligated to watch it. Like I don't think I'm going to watch the uh, uh, Ms. Marvel. Um, that doesn't interest me unless it comes out and people are really celebrating it, and then I'll, I'll go watch it hawkeye uh, i love that fraction run i'm not a big jeremy renner fan so that's something that i would probably start i would watch the first episode maybe second episode but if it didn't hook me then that's i don't feel like i'm missing out on something nor do i feel like they betrayed me or that they uh i'm like you didn't you should have done this better it's just yeah we live in this world where we have a hawkeye series coming out and that's cool so that's kind of how i feel i'm like yeah, if, if we can, if we can make those things and, and people are watching them and, and, and as my, my whole thing is as long as people are exploring other stuff as well, uh, cause I don't want other stuff to die on the vine because of, uh, these series, uh, taking all the viewership. And I don't think that's a thing, but, um, it's where the money goes. Right. And so if these are the, the most successful things, we see more of them, which is always great to see more, but I, I wonder what we're missing because the money flow is all into these properties. So I love seeing the new releases. I always give them a chance but at the same time. Uh, I do hope that they are not taking, you know, the opportunity away from other stories to be told as well. So, every marvel series you watch watch a non-marvel series balance it out people
0: (laughs) yeah (sighs) mighty ducks game changers get on people yeah hey why not uh uh so we got a big uh thing come out this week is that polygon is doing a oral uh history of the new 52 um detailing the work that went into dc comics relaunch one of the biggest and I think best things to come out of the new 52, and I'm super stoked that you and Sheriffs are here to talk about this as fellow comic book readers, was the, the Batman Court of Owls. Court of Owls was one of the freshest things we got in Batman. And through all of this came out a story that Scott Snyder almost left the Batman title after the as he was putting the finishing touches on the Court of Owls. Because they wanted DC, wanted Batman to be the detective that he is and, and close out the investigation to figure everything out. They, he, they wanted it to have a definitive end to the one point um, where Snyder said it was already at the printer. and He recalled the time where he was shopping in Target, walking down uh, the aisles with a cart full of paper towels, <laughs> screaming, tear up my contract, tear up my contract. Because he didn't want the that detective definitive end. Mm. And could you imagine how, how that would have changed the landscape of Batman if Scott Snyder left this series after Court of Owls?
2: It's, you know, it's so hard. It's like I get it from like, you know, an editor's standpoint where, you know, you've got, you know, that your your corporate bosses you have to answer to. And then it's like, well, how much how much trust do you put in the talent like this? You know, someone like like Kapulo and Snyder. Um
1: like how it you Capullo letting... and Snyder Snyder at that point. They were just starting off on that. Yeah. You know. What do you mean? Sorry, Jake. I mean, they they didn't that—that that, it's the Capullo Snyder combo. I mean, they had just started off when they got to that oh, yeah, point yeah. in the others' room, yeah.
2: Right, right. And so, like, you know, how how much trust do you put in these guys? How much trust do you put in your in your writers? And how much freedom do you give them? It's like, man, in this case, it it totally paid off, you know. But gosh, that's such a hard balance to to keep. Um, but man, I can't even imagine. You know, fucking Court of Owls, as a grown ass adult, like gave me nightmares. That's how good it fucking was to me. You know, I can't even imagine it being any different or being, you know, sterilized somehow. Um, and and it, I, I just like, imagine. like
0: it's this underground group. And I think it's a fantastic story that it's this underground group that is so entwined in the the history of Gotham and so entwined in in the lore and the myth that even the world's greatest detective in Batman can't figure it out.
2: Yeah, like, I mean, it was, dude, it was so different. It was like, yeah, gosh, finally it, like a fresh story, you know, fresh villains, fresh, uh,
1: yeah. To the, I to this. I'm going to disagree, boys. I was not a fan of the quarter hours. <gasps> what? I know, I know. I, listen, <laughs> I'm a, I know it's a lauded story, and that's <laughs> great. It didn't do it for me. Uh, I thought that it, it created this, like you said, this whole underworld, uh, this root system overnight, was developed by uh, a Snyder. And now everything seems to be attached to that root system. Um, Almost so much so that if you haven't read that storyline, you're trying to get into Batman. If you're like a a new reader into Batman and you're getting into a, a current Batman story and they start getting into quarter of like owl stuff, you're like, what is this? It's a real turnoff as far as it create, it tried to do in like a one-year run was that about a little less than a year, that kind of storyline in a year, what um, multiple people would do in a uh, slow dissolving of Batman. And I'm not saying it was bad. It wasn't bad, but I wasn't personally a big fan of it. I liked what he did after the run. He I like Capullo uh, and Snyder on uh, Batman a lot. I like what they did after that was a Batman's not no man's land, but when the Riddler the, took over as the main villain, um, oh zero year, zero year. Yeah. Yeah. I liked zero year better than that. That's why I really started to get into Snyder and Cap- Capullo on that run.
0: See, I mm-hmm. think, I mean, to me, Snyder, that run is, that entire 52 issue run is some of the best Batman stuff. Like Snyder wrote two fantastic Joker stories. Um, he gave you, yeah, zero year, a great Riddler story. He he, kind of redefine the Riddler and, and reestablish the Riddler as a menacing threat, not just as a,
1: a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think yeah. you guys are in the majority there with the uh, court of owl storyline. I th- I think that it is a heralded story and uh, it, it seems well, it's the, the story is well-crafted. It's good storytelling on Snyder's part, fantastic article uh part. It's just the story they're telling didn't really uh, uh, engage me in the way that it, it that it did others. So that's that, that's fine on there. What I'm interested about this story, and because I I love Snyder. Uh, in fact, he I was about to sign up. I saw on Instagram a buddy sent this to me where he's doing a writing workshop where he's getting yeah. people to come oh, in and doing that his, writing his workshop. Sub-stack. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, seven bucks. Is it it's probably already started, he probably had ready to, to sign up to it, but I'll, I'll look into it. I'd love to to jump in and, and see what they're they're talking about on there. Was Vice? I think he's a fantastic storyteller. Uh, I love uh American Vampire, uh, especially the those early early part of that series. Oh dude, um, I
2: almost I almost uh wanted to ask you if you wanted to read that this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Stephen King does the the
1: Yeah, the first uh, uh couple of co-writes the first couple of um issues, correct?
2: Yeah, he does like the, the prologues. prologues, yeah, mm-hmm. something like
1: it was well. It's that uh, sweet tooth or uh, sugar tooth or whatever the, the that old vampire's name is it feels very much like a Stephen King vampire. Anyways, for a later podcast, what I'm interested about this story is why do you think Snyder is saying this? I don't think it's what. What does he hope to? What what what's the purpose of telling this spilling this tea?
0: I think it's to to allow. To put it out there that you should allow your writers to tell the story they want to tell, and that yeah. you know it's it's a definitive thing because the fact that he got to write the story he wanted that you know the Court of Owls you don't know who they are they could be anybody because they're covered by that mask they're old Gotham they're old money and it's left they got the better of the world's greatest detective because you still don't know if Lincoln March is the child of Thomas Wayne and Batman's brother. It's spun out into video games and other movies and other TV shows. And and it's kind of content that's still giving. And I think that that's kind of what he's saying is that you're seeing this big shift with a lot of these creators, especially writers, going to Substack where they can write their own properties, where they get their own royalties. They can kind of do their own thing with the properties that they're making. And And I think he's saying that because it's it's that big shift in comics where the editors could ruin a story. I think he's kind of saying, hey, look, we might have a great story in mind, but once it gets to this editor phase, they want to change it, and therefore it it trashes the story. So I think maybe he wants you to look a little bit more at like, look, don't blame the writer necessarily because there's other moving pieces that go into these stories that could affect the outcome of them.
1: No, yeah, I I, I get that. Uh, and I think... my. I, i completely agree with you on that and i think you're right with i'm hoping that you're right i hope it was this kind of altruistic take on like hey here's a call to all writers like that's the thing is create your own characters be your own boss don't 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 take that but he is writing for batman which is a corporation and they have the ultimate say over some of those choices now he fought that battle which was a good lesson Fight the battles. Some of them you'll win. Some of you lose. But you'll lose all of them that you don't fight, right? You're going to lose all the battles you don't fight. However, it is Batman more so than even American Vampire that got Snyder his name, which now allows him to be in a place where he can make a living writing off his own stuff,
3: yeah.
1: right? And so it's kind of like working in your 20s as opposed to working in your late 30s or 40s. When, when you enter the workforce, you've got to you've got to navigate the world of shit. You've, you've got to like you. I mean, there are people who don't, the people who like have the natural talent and they could just right from the get-go, they can take off and launch their careers in their life and whatever discipline they're in. But then they're part of that process of adulthood and professionalism is that you usually have to work for a corporation or a company first, see what you like, see what you don't like. And if you get talented enough, And successful enough, then you can start your own thing there. So I like what Scott Snyder is saying, but we have to take this into consideration that Scott Sider went through the system and the system helped him establish the name so he's in a place where he can financially say these things and creatively say these things without damaging people who want to hire him, without damaging his sales and things like that. So, yeah, rage against the machine, but like you know pick your battles
0: well i think it and <laughs> i think it's very much even saying like even if you're writing someone else's property if you have a vision don't be afraid to to fight for that vision
1: yes fight for you know, the vision cuz he he be. did he stormed down like, I, I read the article that you sent a link to and it was cool He's, he talked about like storming down there and being like where's my contract go and rip yeah. it up have, taking those moments but Know why? Know why you're fighting that battle. Uh, don't just think you can come into a corporation, take one of their title characters, and do what you want with it. Um, now he had a, a choice in there, a run, and it was a small choice, and he fought for a specific choice. Uh, but at the same time, I would hate to see people. If you ever had a chance to write for a major iconic character, to throw it away because you, you know, like you're just fighting every battle. They're not going to put up with that. Uh, So I I don't want young writers, if they ever get that opportunity to get too into their heads where they're just like, no, it's my way or the highway uh, to use that uh, the corporate character as a way to slip your identity in there as much as you can to give it yourself enough of a voice that when you're done with it, people want to hire you uh, on, on there as well. So, I like Scott Snyder. Uh, the, the, this story was interesting just from that standpoint of uh, I was like, hmm, I wonder why he he put why he, why he spilled this tea now and what were his intentions behind it. And when you only get like little quotes in the article from him, it's harder to uh, identify yeah. what his real goal was. But he seems like a really stand up guy. He's, he's an expert storyteller. He's a craftsman. Um, he reminds me a lot of King, honestly, as far as how he's very blue collar in his storytelling um so i like the guy
0: yeah i mean if if you're hiring for him for a reason so let him you know to tell a story because you like his story so let him tell that story well you don't change his story and and essentially pigeonhole him because you don't know if he wanted to do other things with the court of owls that changing that would have pigeonholed him and ruined that or or what? Mm-hmm. Like they're still telling stories with these characters nowadays, where they're not having yeah. to really go retcon anything because it's still kind of that, that open, open ended of it. So I just think it was it's a good message that you know if you're if you're hired to do a job and you you're passionate about it, fight for it, and it, or at least you know be willing to fight for it, even if it means having to walk away because you, you're not your vision isn't being. Portrayed the way you want to portray. Listen,
1: and Marvel, I'm telling you, you're gonna want Strange to be a Scientologist. All right, I will walk. I will rip this contract up. Like I'm ripping it. like, it's a halfway ripped. I'm not, <laughs> no one's gonna say anything. All right, I guess I'm fired. Do it, do it, <laughs> do
2: it. You know, but I do. I do get what you're saying about, um about you know, he like you know, like you were saying. Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, they, they kind of made a name for themselves doing this. It's like, okay, so, so you, you have to kind of, you know, uh, you, you kind of get a muzzle put on at some points while you're getting your, while you're doing your big book. Yeah, that's fine. Because like you said, you make your name doing this. And then you can go. Then you're in a position where you can go and do your creator, creator own stuff, and you can, you know, have 100 of your vision out there. But you know, I, I guess my point is how how far do you how far would I take this? Honestly, I probably I don't know, man. That's a good question. It's like how far are you supposed to take it? It's like, do you really want to? It's like if you if they would have ripped up his contract. Who knows where he would be right now, you know?
1: Well, I like what Matt was saying, too, um, when he was talking about – he he mentioned that it was kind of for – to tell writers that, hey, you know – or to tell tell fans, hey, those choices that you might like or dislike, it's not always the writer's fault – now, if that yeah. was the purpose for it, that makes sense. It's like, hey, I'm just reminding you guys that these are corporate characters and corporations have a decision on the storyline. And we as writers, are names on the comic, but not all of those choices are ours. And I think that is a good message to get, especially to, to young readers who don't understand how that system works. I think that's a fantastic message. And if that was the purpose yeah. of it, that's great. But yeah. I also kind of worry about this... Uh, uh, bohemian artistic vibe of like, no man, never subjugate your image for your art. And i like, okay, great. But go create your own art. You're, 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 you're creating with Batman and Batman yeah. is an IP and that's different than, than that. So there's, but it also, you know, it can possibly make or break your career on there. So it's, just, it's really, it was, it was a much more interesting article clicking into it and reading that i thought it would be on the initial click and it made me think about things that i didn't think that the article is going to make me think about i
0: agree mm-hmm. all right moving on let's talk titans i know i know jay's not caught up on titans are you caught up on titans twice? i haven't watched
1: titans since the second episode of the first season so <laughs> oh, you take it away seriously? take it away matt. Yeah. i'm getting there man take it away matt i, I, <laughs> I don't like, want to ruin it but like... i no no you're fine you can ruin this because i don't think I'll, i don't know if i'll ever watch titans the only reason I might watch it is because I've listened to what our podcast community is all about Titans. And I'm like, maybe I got, maybe I just got to watch Titans. <laughs> maybe mm-hmm. I just have to, Jay, are you feeling the same way? Right. Like we were like, everyone, our little podcast here is of, talking about Titans. We're like, I guess got to watch, I guess got to watch Titans. <laughs> well, I got, I got it. I got HBO max
2: a couple weeks ago and I started watching this. Oh. And, um, yeah, so I, I blew through the first episode or the first season. I'm in the like the second episode of the second season. It's not bad. It's it's pretty cool. It's cool. I don't know if I totally recommend it, but no, tell me it's not bad.
0: S- tell me what you t- say what you told me or what you asked oh, me.
1: Sometimes tell okay, me so- more, tell me more. Is the joker in it? Tell me more, tell I don't me know. more season is three. the bat cow fit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes it seems like um like they, they're trying to make it a little more edgy than than its cw counterparts and mostly just by like it seems like they shoehorn the word fuck in it a lot <laughs> like you know character to be like i'm gonna go to the you know i'm gonna go to starbucks and get a coffee and a biscotti no 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 you're gonna go to Scar- starbucks and get a coffee and a Fucking biscotti.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. The, the PC filter on your computer cut that out. What did you say? What kind of biscotti was it, Jay? Can you say it again? Fucking. Oh, okay. I got it that time.
0: Oh, yeah. Ish. But yeah, like that's what Jay said. He's like, do you feel like they they have like a a certain number of fucks they have to hit in a season yeah, totally to be a little bit like more edgy? What the... But season, season three is really good. I think it's better than the first two. Uh the oh, new episode cool. was by far the most comic booky comic book episode of a, com- a show based on a comic book because of the way they even handle death like a comic book would. Oh, I
1: do like that. I do like the way you're describing that. Like I love it when shows aren't afraid to get super comic booky.
0: Yes. So it's like I you know, I'm sure talking to Kyle over an MCM, you know that Hawk gets blown up by J- by Red Hood. Did know and no see i'm ruining it for you <laughs> No, no you're fine like uh, i don't want to ruin of it for jay yeah. who's watching through it
2: man wait
1: like you uh, see how tight jay's bandana is around his head he's like a, his blood flow is constricted he's not gonna remember any of this this podcast the,
2: the same jason todd that's like with him right now yeah Yep. He like turns bad all of a sudden and he becomes okay. red. You are
1: you are spoiling for him. Yeah, see, I'll spoil it for him. I don't want to spoil okay, it for Jay. Weird.
0: I don't want to spoil for Jay, but everyone, you know, if if people saw the new episode, like even just the way they handle death in this series is very comic booky. Like death is not permanent. And and that's kind of the way they handle this too. Like even death on this show is like just like in comics, death isn't permanent but hmm. but yeah but jason becomes red hood in, in the mm. same way he does in the comics. he beats to death by the joker and he becomes red hood uh it says travis gets every show and movie spoiled for him even on these shows he doesn't need to watch <laughs>
1: any of it that's mm-hmm. right that's pretty much true I do like how, like you said, like they're not afraid to kill people off in comic book ways, and they come back. This kind of like this podcast. Remember when we tried to kill you off a couple episodes ago? Yeah, came back. Yeah, and you came back. It it was this big giant plan to to have a comic book revival of Matt.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I mean, I won't. I'll I'll put it this way. So you have a group of three characters that have been killed. And they start off on a train. Two of them start off on a train and the conductor's like, you're going to get off at your stop. You're going to get off your stop. Well, they end up getting off the train and then another character shows up and they basically end up road tripping through the afterlife. And their whole goal is to get to a bridge that bridges the afterlife to the physical realm that allows them to come back to life. So I'm not going to tell you who it is or, or, or that comes back or who's on that, that voyage, but it's a very and it's all done in like black and white mm. and like very Dragon Ball Z, whatever you want to <laughs> like imagine, whatever you can imagine becomes at your your disposal and and things like that. So it's like the very the most like comic booky afterlife and way of coming back that they could do it. Wow! And I was like, I was just like, man, this is probably the
1: best episode of this show yet because of the way Dang. they
0: they handle everything.
1: George Burns is there smoking a big cigar. Well, yeah. Robin, it looks like you're dead. <laughs> George Jefferson. That, that was a I, joke I, for you, Jay. That was a joke for you, Jay. Oh, God, oh,
0: God, you know. Oh God. I'm right
2: there, man.
0: <laughs> Unlimited pizza bagels. There, <laughs> there you go. go. <laughs> but if you're not watching Titan season three has been fantastic. Like I said, like Jay's like, oh, I'm on season two and talking about a little bit, and I don't want to spoil it because season three gets – Really good, and it goes into different a different direction than the first two seasons kind of did. And cool, man. I'm looking forward so to that. If you're watching Titans, you know what I'm talking about. If not, check it out. They're they're are there airing the first season of Titans on TNT. I think on Thursday nights too. So, if oh you really? Don't have, yeah, if you have cable, but not uh not HBO Max, you can catch it there.
2: Well, in case cool. anybody cares, um, they're offering the premium HBO Max right now at half price uh, for six months.
1: It's like seven bucks. And if you know, have a VPN, I think they used to play, I remember I was in Japan, Japanese Netflix had Titans on it. Um, I think it was on Netflix, I want to say. I, I feel like I watched Titans yeah, I on Netflix. Um, so yeah. I don't know if it's still on there, but if you hit your VPN and move it around a little bit, then uh, maybe you could find it on a, a different streaming app. There you go. Japanese Netflix, look at this guy.
0: Let's talk about so you know with this whole little thing (laughs) called pandemic, we have is is coming full circle. Is like we started this adventure with Tiger King, and now it looks like we're gonna end this venture. Oh, I wish. I hope
1: we end this adventure
0: as Tiger King season two has been announced by Netflix Electric Tiger Lou, and (laughs) will be coming by the end of the year. So if you haven't gotten your fill. Of Joe Exotic and the crew at his animal sanctuary and that fucking bitch Carol Baskin. There's there's more to come <laughs> about Joe <laughs> Joe's story. Like this is such a phenomenon that's
1: like swept like yeah, a podcast. Weird, well, I, I, I had a flashback because I feel like that's when I was doing a lot of podcasts with Absolute Geek. And it I was, feel like yeah. I've heard you say the word Carol Baskin in that manner so many times. I had like ptsd from when you just said it right there <laughs> and, and the weird
0: part is that, like i'm not even like i like weird obscure shit like this and i find like weird obscure shit like this but the the funny part to me is that the most straight laced dude is the one who turned me on to this in sam he's the one <laughs> that told me like you gotta watch tiger king tiger king is crazy and was talking about it and i was like one night i was just laying there. i was like all right i'm gonna start it and i had i watched it start to finish like it is like a car crash you can't look away like, it's it's incest. It's, it is, yeah, you
1: it's know, good. just well, an, an, an underrated aspect of this tigers. is the setting, Florida. Yes. Like, in the Florida like, Everglades Swamp Zoo. Like, it's just a great setting for a story. This tiny kind of uh, boondock zoo in the middle of nowhere. It, it makes for these great shots where they'll be talking about, like, a cock ring in the middle of, like, an Everglade.
0: Yeah you know the perfect show it's garbage but good garbage exactly like you've got hillbillies you've got you know dudes getting or chicks getting arms ripped off by tigers you got you know a dude trying to sell his soul to become famous and tigers and a a murder fire plot and that it's just it's so good it's it is trash tv at its finest
2: it is fun but it's like you know i watched it and then like everybody started talking about it. It was just huge. And I'm like, is this the same one I watched? I'm like, it, people can't be that into it. You know, I just I couldn't I couldn't believe like how I caught on so much. You know, I was like, okay, that's weird.
0: <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Leftovers to like, can notice I'm dancing right. He's like, say it, dudes doing dudes, exactly. Mm-hmm. But like even like dudes doing dudes, but then becoming straight afterwards. It's just <laughs> there's just so much to this show. That it's, it's on another level, and it's like the trash TV in all its g- glory. Like, well, yeah, I and, guess so. Uh, I'm, like I'm definitely. I'm bored. I watch more it. Tiger
2: King.
1: I'm more oh, intrigued yeah, I'm, by the I'm, fact dude, that Jay. I, I saw you've dropped the bandana. Hmm.
2: Yeah, it was getting really warm. And I'm like, why character. is it so warm in here? And I'm like, oh, because I've got this stupid bandana on my freaking <laughs> fat head. It's supposed to. It's supposed to
1: wick the sweat. It's supposed to absorb the sweat, Jay. Yeah. You no, know, it, it can be like a. Yeah. No. It maybe, yep. That. It can be really hot.
0: Drama, backstabbing, arms getting cut off. Exactly. The perfect. Hot, the perfect explanation of Tiger King. Uh, moving on, we got the announcement of a Super Mario movie, with the voice cast being announced with Chris Pratt voicing Mario. Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. Jack Black as Bowser. <laughs> Anna Taylor Joy is Princess Peach. Charlie Day as Luigi. Um, <laughs> Fred Armisen is Toad. And it, it goes on and on and on. It has caused an uproar online and someone in our podcast community because they feel that it is wrong... Um. For it Chris Platt, Pratt to play he an Italian American Superman, post. exactly, playing an Italian plumber. What? When he's not Italian. Well, since Bob, was Bob Hoskins with Was Bob Hoskins Italian? <laughs> Hoskins, I don't think uh, he's, not he's sound sure. Italian. But I know, so it started an uproar with with pepperoni because he's he's messaging me and Max about this, right? And he's like going on and on and on about how he should be italian and that like why going on, on on twitter that he's italian and how like Apu the guy who voiced Apu and the simpsons left and how christy hey, Bella left the it? role because you know she was playing an ethnicity and he was like it should be italians and i'm like D- the guy who voices mario in the games isn't italian it's called acting Yes, these he's people like, act. <laughs> and Lance you know? goes, "He's a French dude from um, where was it? I can't remember. Barcelona." He's like, "He's a French dude from Barcelona," and so I was like, "No, he's not. He's an American." And and pepperoni started going off on me about, "No, he's he's of French descent, okay, but he's not from Barcelona. He's from America." And he, he pulls up his Wikipedia, and he's like, "See, of course." <laughs> I go, "Dude, it says right here he's American." His family moved to Paris and then Barcelona, but he was born in America,
1: so he's American.
0: America's not American's not a race. America's well, not it, a race. No, it's a, it's not. It's a nationality.
1: It's, it's interesting that this is uh, controversy with Chris Pratt because he was in those Jurassic Park movies, and the the T Rex voice in that T Rex was uh, actually a Canadian T Rex playing a Brazilian ah, T Rex in that I movie. It. I knew it. Yeah, so when you hear that roar, that's Canadian T Rex roaring like a Brazilian T Rex, and I won't stand for it.
0: But the internet, being the internet, is is an uproar about it, and they're all like, "Danny DeVito should voice Mario." What? Okay, and then here comes Pepperoni with, "I think Joe Pesci should voice Mario,"
3: <laughs> and I was like,
0: <sighs> "No, it should be John Leguizamo. He's uh, Latin." I know, but i would just Like it, it, it started this whole uproar between like me and him. Got in this whole long conversation about how, like, the original voice actor is from America, and he's like, "No, he's he's of French descent." And I said, "I yes, guess he should be Japanese, right? Shouldn't he be Japanese well, technically?" In fact, like, we're looking at the birth of the character. <laughs>
1: and then I, well, yeah,
0: and then I said, you know, I I brought up the point. Well, like it's it's an animated movie, and just like Jay said it's called acting. It's an animated it's an animated movie-ish.
2: It's a, a, a American produced animated movie. And it's Did like it, yeah, if you go into the into just a, a small amount of the history of film and, and you look at, at at actors playing the different ethnic roles, you're going to be very disappointed.
3: Well, and know. like I understand
2: <laughs> live action. Like
0: if you have got a live action role where the character should be Asian, get an Asian actor, you know. If, if there should be an Indian, get an Indian actor. I one hundred percent agree with that sentiment. But if it's an animated movie and you are doing voice acting, it it's sh- like no, you don't like people. Get there so is a- no offended. Italy.
1: Is there an Italy in the Mario
0: world? No, he's an Italian <laughs> plumber from the from the Toad Kingdom. Like
1: I don't know. I don't know the backstory behind Mario. Was Mario sucked into this fictional world, or is yes. he just okay? All right. So he is Italian. It was suck to me. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Yeah, he's a, he's a, an Italian plumber, but like, do you I, think I, Chris Pratt's going to do an Italian accent? And does that make it worse or better?
3: <laughs> oh, I, I think that's, know.
0: I think he's going to try. That's what a lot of people are getting an uproar about is that he's going to imitate an Italian American plumber and it's going to cause a bunch of issues. Remember the uh,
1: <laughs> animated uh, Mario Brothers show from the early 90s? Yep. With the Mario brothers and plummins Our game bound to hit a warp whistle working on the dream. We Cooper, yeah. the trooper, the princess and the others hanging with the brothers who be hooked on the brothers of the brat. I don't think that guy was Italian. <laughs> no, no. just
0: like, like I, I, my whole point to him was like, look, if you ever watched the boondocks, Charlie Murphy voices a white dude in the boondocks cartoon. And so does Samuel L. Jackson, I believe. So like, if you look at anime, these characters are are Asian, but when it comes over here and they dub it, it's a white actor dubbing it most of the time.
1: You know, it would help if uh, for your graphic, you didn't have the three whitest guys pictures up here. Maybe you put Keegan, <laughs> Michael Keel in there, in that, in that hey, spread. Hey, that, I just <laughs> took it the way it
0: was presented, man. Like,
1: and also, why it look like these three actors, it's their mugshots. Like they've done something <laughs> wrong already. And it's like this Seth Rogen was arrested for playing uh, Donkey Kong. And everyone knows Donkey Kong is from Hong Kong. And Yeah, yeah like they, they were arrested <laughs> on an
2: armored car
0: heist or something. <laughs> but yeah, like this, this whole thing started this massive debate about race, ethnicity, and nationalism between me and Pepperoni over the casting of a fucking Mario animated movie.
2: And yeah. just, I don't know, man. It. Uh, I mean, you know, when when Marlon Brando was played a Mexican in *Viva Zapata*, I kind of don't. I don't care. <laughs>
3: I think he did a pretty good job. Well, <laughs> well, he he did. He *Tropic Thunder*, where yeah.
0: where Robert Downey Jr. is playing a, you know, he's playing a dude as a dude uh, playing another dude. You know, and, and he plays an actor who gets a pigment transplant to become <laughs> black and. <laughs> he's a white Australian actor playing a black guy. Like it's just because it, he was, he was comparing it to people getting mad about Scarlett Johansson playing an Asian character in ghost in the shell. It, it's totally different. If you're trying to take a, an American, a white American character and make them look Asian versus just casting a, an Asian actress
1: versus well, a voice actor. The bottom line is, these these people want to make money off their movies so like they attach big names to it right if there was someone who was in that age demographic with that voice who was italian was famous as chris pratt they would go for that person But they got they got Chris Pratt. It's just like we want someone attached to the movie that they're going to go out for. And we're still kind of coming out of the old Hollywood system. And it is an American Hollywood system where a lot of the top billed actors are still white males or or Mm -hmm. white women. Uh, And so when you want a name to promote the movie, that's their first choices. Is it the right choice? I don't know, but it's I mean, they're trying to protect their investment. and and now they're 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 they're, deal- they're going to have to figure out a way to uh, spin this or um, change the acting choice. And it'll be interesting to see what they do, because this is still early in production. Right. So they could still yeah. change their casting choices. Yeah. Or maybe Chris Pratt's like, you know what? I don't need this. I don't need this. This. I mean, the guy's taking enough heat for his for a lot of stuff already, you know, for his his religious beliefs and and his uh, political beliefs uh so he might be like you know what i don't need my italian beliefs in this mix too i'm <laughs> out I, I don't need i don't need the trifecta i just can't wait to
0: see donkey kong throwing a barrel and going ha, ha, ha,
1: ha. doing Seth Rogen <laughs> <now>. <laughs> great. Awesome <laughs> i think that's the best casting oh bowser's pretty good as uh
0: jack black, jack black. <laughs> yeah. charlie day is luigi and i think fred Armisen is toad is pretty funny too that is hilarious mm-hmm.
2: that's great Well. But... No yeah I'll see this movie. sure. I'm okay with it.
0: Uh, i'm I'm interested intrigued by it, but we'll see what comes of it.
1: Remember when animated films were voiced by like voiceover actors that no one knew their gender right? or race <laughs> or age, and no one looked them up and it was just like, oh, when I hear that, I'm not hearing Jack Black. I'm hearing someone who has decided this is the appropriate voice for this character. I am inhabiting right. that character. I am a professional. Right. The problem is, let's stop giving voiceover acting jobs to mainstream celebrities and let that let people perfect the art mm-hmm. of voice acting and then trust roles to the professionals. Trust the process. Exactly. That
0: was well said, Travis. Mm-hmm. Good job. Uh, the another big thing in comics right now that's kind of interesting is the uh, estate of Steve Ditko is suing to have the copyrights and trademarks of Spider-Man and Doctor Strange um, removed and returned back to them, removed from Marvel and returned back Mm -hmm. to them. Now, other estates have followed suit to include Iron Man, um, Hawkeye, and Black Widow. Uh, This is a huge deal because it's bringing about the the conflict in the comic world as um, w- at what point is it these are freelance workers creating a product for Marvel comics versus they are the sole creators
2: of this product. Uh, yeah, that's a tough one, man. That's very tough. I mean, I mean, I know Steve Ditko is, I mean, he's 100% responsible for, like, their designs. Yeah. You know, but, you know, I don't know. I can go either way with I don't want to see that happen, you know, but I would like to see the creators maybe rewarded more monetarily would be nice. You know, would they be suing if if they got their just rewards, you know, for this?
0: I don't know. Oh, I think. Oh, well, I think that's what's going to happen. Is Disney? Disney has since filed lawsuits back against these estates, saying that these artists were hired workers and that they created these characters for the company. You know, as as hired workers, this is not like their own individual properties that they brought in. Um, well, that is
2: that is true. They were. You know yeah
0: and it's, but, I don't know. it's the same it time. could be a, a money grab from the family too like they're hard up and I know a lot of these like a lot of these early creators like Bill Finger and um mm-hmm. Schuster they all died poor and and some of them have gotten their royalty since then and it could be just a I I think honestly what's gonna happen is Disney's gonna pay them. A million millions of dollars in in royalties, and it's going to be they're going to keep the trademark, and it's going to be or the copyright, and it's going to be a done deal.
1: Yeah, I stepped out for. Uh, so you might have said this, but I think that's I think that's what we got to do here at this point. It's just like uh, an obscene amount of money, throw it mm-hmm. at them, and which give they them, have, and give them the like. All right, here's the money. Here are the credits that we're going to give you, and lawyers can negotiate. This credit works. We want a credit on this. and They can figure that out, and then be done with it. Yeah. Be like this is it, and then we're not like in that in that contract. We had Sam, here, he's a lawyer. Can we put like this is no double jeopardy? You can't sue us for anything related to rights or money again. obscene amount of money. Have someone go through all the character rights, decide what we can say is theirs and what's not theirs, and then be done with it. Give them th- the money that Steve Ditko was denied for so many years, and then yeah. uh, be done with it. And then let history decide and the fans decide and historians decide repetitive uh who created these characters uh based on the lore the facts and the art itself you know
2: yeah dude did go len ween like mm-hmm. all those guys man you know they they it's like yeah they were they did they were employed there under contract creating for that but dude come on they've re- stayed, they've made m- You know, millions upon millions off these designs, throw them a frigging bone that I know Disney's got plenty of.
1: You know, I also want to apply this to teaching. If I teach a student English and that student goes on to be, oh, I don't know, best selling author Stephen King, I want part of that money too. Screw you. (laughs) I'm like, hey, listen, I want I want a piece of it. I want a one time fee, I want a credit. On a couple of things like story by Stephen King, taught by Travis Ratz, uh in in the bylines, and I want a one-time fee. It's gonna set me up for life. I can get my own private beach where I don't have to watch people make out every time. And then that we'll be good with that. <laughs> Trip so on holes. Let's just carry this. Anything that you do early in your career, whatever happens to that, whatever whatever that evolves to, you get you get to uh, suckle at the teat of success. Well, and it's like that was sarcastic, and in in a way, I almost feel like I consci- like I I feel like I fucked Steve DeCoe over with that sarcasm.
0: <laughs> well, that that's one of the things I find so fascinating about the comic book industry is like people look at it as like it's it's stupid pictures in in on pages. It's not real real stuff, but like there's so much like underhanded, seedy, backhandedness to the history of this this industry that makes it fascinating because like if you look into it, like look at Batman, Bob Kane got all the shine for that and, you know, got money and royalties and all that. And Bill Finger who helps create Batman died, broke alone on somebody else's couch. And it wasn't until Batman Superman that he, he got his name on there as one of the co-creators of Batman. He got his recognition as being one of the co-creators of Batman.
1: Well, it kind of, it kind of ties back to what you were talking about with Todd Snyder and it, it, it Bolsters your argument with Snyder on the fact that, hey, no, like if if you're working and something's not right and you feel like you're contributing more, it's not paying off or in this way, make noise about it now, not 40 years from now. Right. Or and then but just keep in mind that making noise could lose you the job. It could have lost. It did lose Ditko jobs. It, it did lose a lot of these old guys' jobs. I mean, they create some great stuff, but they also have been fired and rehired by these companies numerous times. Um, so it's, it's I don't know what, I, you know, these are legends to us. So we want them to be paid. We want their families to be paid for generations and generations. But we also have to look at the, the reality of the situation. And if we put it in modern terms, would we all be expected to be paid off, the future success of our current work today—is that a realistic way to to think about careers and professions?
0: No, because like they they never would have guessed that these characters would have been turned into box no. office, you know, destroyers and making billions of dollar properties and mm-hmm. be on t shirts everywhere and every piece of clothing and just everywhere in society at the forefront of it. And like the forefront of, of pop culture, they would have never been able to guess that. And like leftover Ziggy saying, Stan Lee was the only one who brought this to the front. The families want the money, not the creator, not the creators. He's like, I decided Stan Lee gave the shine to the Marvel universe. The others were scared. Kirby, et cetera. Yes, they were great. Got through cheese, but all of a sudden now they want more fudge. The old school. I don't want them paid after a million bucks. They got they good. Mm. You know, it's I, I pay them what they're due. That's fine. Like he helped. There's no doubt that that Ditko helped create Spider-Man. Stanley gave him shine in an interview, saying that Ditko brought Doctor Strange to life. You know, he he created Doctor Strange. So, I mean, filing find trademarks. All they're all they're really doing is saying. We want a sli- we want a bigger slice
1: of this pie right. than what we're getting. And- well, it, it, let me give you an analogy here. It'd be like, I, I don't think we need an analogy, but this is a good one because I thought it up. Your parents buy a armoire in the 1950s and they take it with them through all of those years. Someone built that armoire. They paid for it at their local general store for a reasonable amount of price. It was a, uh, a cheap armoire. 2021 hits, all of a sudden, 1950 armoires are the rage, and they are selling for $30,000, $40,000, $50,000. You sell it for that. You kept it that long. You upheld it. You upheld the craftsmanship of it. You took care of it. Do you owe the original creator of that armoire any money? No. No. It's
0: just like anything today, like having somebody make you an intro or... Or anything like that. Once you pay that that set price that that person asks for it, it becomes your property. Once money exchanges hands, it's your
1: property. Like, like the Joe so. Rogan podcast intro. Like how like iconic is that for so many people? And somebody said, you know, it's yeah. heard all the time. And they're like, well, you got the. I think it was GarageBand loops, <laughs> so I think it's a common source. But,
2: but you know, to just to, to use your your uh, your furniture your armor analogy but against you know, me, it, you're
1: armoring against me.
2: <laughs> but yeah. if if I if I held on to that and I made fifty million dollars off of that armoire, I, I and the family said, "Hey, you know, we sold you that." And I'm like, "You know what? You're right here. Here's five hundred thousand dollars. Right? Goodwill. Right? If if you made that much, you know, sure. which they are, this corporation. and
1: they now. reached out. Like you didn't have to reach out to them. Like, hey, I made this much. Do you want some of it? It's like, hey, we would really love a lot of that." But then what Matt's saying is like, when you look over, like, you want some of my RMR money, like you guys are, you guys are millionaires. You don't need my RMR money. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well,
1: but they oh, aren't. go ahead. Jen. Oh, they're not. I didn't know. <laughs> well, well, I just mean like, Ditko's stepped...
0: goes family. Oh. Here's so it says a guy who works in the comic industry. Travis makes all the good points. Also, Ditko n- never invested in the company to make it o- to make it operate. He was hired with an agreed upon compensation at the time. Yeah. If mm. you sell the eggs, do the chickens get a cut? No.
1: Also. Yeah. And I you got to think about like um, shares in it. Like you have an opportunity to invest in the company that had, all right, I can't, I can't get more out of my product than the pay that I'm making for it, but I can put my money into the company that's selling my product and make money back that way. Like buying shares in Marvel or things like that. That's a different subject, but. Um, I don't know. I feel I it, it's, it, it sucks because I'm saying these things and it sounds like I'm against the people that, you know, set up the spectrum of my storytelling I, I ideology and things like that. And who give me these great stories. I don't mean to, to shame them or, or say they're less. It's just, I feel like we hear these stories all the time. This person's suing this person. Yeah. And then you also hear the stories of, of comic book creators who were just workmen on a few books. And now they're, you know, they're dying in nursing homes that, that they can't afford. And that's why they have those nonprofit organizations to help take care of those guys. So I don't want to be as cold-blooded to think that this analogy or this idea applies across the board to all comic creators. But in the case of like the ones we keep seeing, dick Co, finger yeah. um uh simon um i feel like those have been litigated those have been paid it's time to move on well maybe well
0: you're right and we live in a different time now where as soon as a comic book launches that property is bought up like you mm-hmm. hear every day yeah. it sounds like you hear about a new comic book property being optioned and and all being turned into a movie. And that's why you're seeing a lot of these creators leave Marvel and DC and going to Substack and making their own creator pro- own properties, because yep. they retain a hundred percent of the rights to that, that mm-hmm. material, which I'm fine with like you uh, negotiate to get yours. Like that's, but you
1: lose the machine of publication that DC right. and Marvel provide. So it, it is a risk. And if you have right. a name established like Snyder, it's uh, a negligible risk. But if you're starting out, um, and you have this great idea and Marvel wants to buy it, or you could put it on Substack and see who gets it, that's a very tough decision and one you'll have to make. And and there are benefits to that and there are downsides to that. Marvel's gonna own that character unless you negotiate in your contract. If you go to but they will promote it, there's a better chance it's seen. If you go to Substack, you own all your like probably most of your profits, not all your profits, but there's no giant machine putting it in the hands of kids. Or uh, readers. Oh, yeah. What do you like want to do? You. I mean, it's an individual decision you have to make. Unfortunately, some people have to make it at a very young age where they're not aware of all the repercussions of stuff. Um, yeah. But that's why you have friends and family and lawyers.
0: And like I said, and and back in the you know 40s, 50s, and 60s, I don't think they ever predicted comic books to become the mega machine that it is now. Oh, yeah. It? The profit oh, right. generator is now. So they got what they, you know, theirs at the time. They agreed to a contract and now they should adhere to it. I think Travis's analogy is perfect. You don't get to build a piece of furniture. And then in a hundred years, when that piece of furniture becomes worth billions of dollars, come back and say, okay, I want mine. You got yeah. yours.
1: and you then in yours 50, in the in beginning. 50, in 50 years from now, when no one wants to buy spider man, no one wants to buy your armoire because it's not hot right. anymore. Do you owe money back? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right
2: yeah i'm just saying there's a lot to go around there's so yeah, much there to
1: go around that's you know? the problem it's the decadence of it all you know yeah, um, yeah. but i mean
0: it, ultimately we probably won't ever hear about this again it'll probably go to arbitration and they'll be like all right well we're gonna give you x amount oh yeah and, they'll settle out of court and, and you, you never hear about it again because honestly there's no beat in the disney machine and they're not going to do it so
1: but i, I to a more like holistic view of it. And then we can move on and, and stuff like that. But I will say as someone who dabbles in, in storytelling and writing uh, it's the creation process is such a struggle in creating it. It's that's the joy of it. Now I would love to not have to work and just get paid on stuff that I create and, and, and write. That's a very long shot. If I ever got to that point, the fact that you can, live off your creations almost seems like reward enough and everything else is icing on the cake. It's so hard to make just a living off your creativity that I think a lot of creators, if you said, Hey, listen, you're never going to get rich, but you can support yourself off your creativity and do what you love and create stories. Would you take that life or would you only go into creating and only sell your stories and try to make a living off your stories. If you knew you could be wealthy, not just getting by. And I think if you're Mm -hmm. a true creator, I think that you would take that devil's gambit. Anytime you would say, listen, I don't need to be rich. I love doing this. Give me enough to get by to support my family. And that is enough. I don't need to be the wealthiest stiff in the graveyard. I don't need, you know, to pay for my three generations down the road. I just want to make a living doing what I love. And I think that if you ask most young artists and young writers and young storytellers, they would take that any day of the week. I'm sure.
0: I think it's funny that the three most recognizable heroes or symbols in comic books is Superman, Batman, and Spider-Man. And they're all marred in the same controversy of someone (laughs) ripping someone else off someone not getting the credit the road and someone getting a, a, a better deal than someone else. And, mm-hmm. and like, it's just said, Spider-Man was ranked the number one, most popular fictional character of all time. Owning that copyright is a huge deal. Yeah. So there's no way Marvel's going to
1: re- let that copyright go. You think it's more oh, yeah, uh, to aware. go back to our, to go back to our, uh, uh, Lost Boys, Do you think it's, uh, I guess it's common property now, but so it's not owned. So Dracula, but since, are we talking about like property owned characters? I guess, um, Spider-Man ranks number one, not like Robin hood or, um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, well, things I, like I that. mean,
0: the most, number one most popular fictional oh, character of all time, popular or profitable, popular. Oh, popular, popular, but
1: hmm, more than
0: what you yeah, I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, move it on here. We'll go ahead and uh, I thought that was a perfect transition to my top five comics of the week for this week. There's some interesting ones on here. Number five was a new book that came out this week by the uh, the artist of Something's Killing the Children, called He Who Fights with Monsters. I found it interesting because it's a World War II. Uh, it's uh, set in World War II, and the struggles between good and evil are in full force. And Prague, the great ah. Bohemian city, is being oppressed by Nazi occupants, and the population lives in terror. While the residents, um, residents for uh, resistance forces, try to organize themselves in the shadows, it is almost impossible task. With the ruthless SS tightening their grip on every street and neighborhood with uh, overwhelming might, only one hope feeds the struggle—a crazy hope, which uh, rests on the frail foundation of an ancient, monstrous legend. Super good book, super interesting read. Um, I'm interested in issue two. Uh, I just picked it up on a whim and was, was rather surprised by it. Did
2: Boom put this out?
0: Uh, no, uh, A Blaze. Oh, so not by Boom, huh? So it was definitely worth checking out. Uh, I like the, the whole World War II setting aspect of it. Pretty interesting. Uh, number four, the death of Doctor Strange. Yeah. Death comes for the source supreme, Dr. Stephen Strange, and the world's greatest neuroscientologist uh, supreme. <laughs> yes, <Yeah, Scientology, laughs> sorry. Sorry, yeah, Travis. Mm-hmm. The greatest neurosurgeon and Scientologist, Earth Sorcerer Supreme. <laughs> he defends our planet from supernatural and intermittent dimensional threats. No other hero is equipped to handle, but what would happen if the unexpected uh, if he unexpectedly died? Who will protect Earth and keep the mystical evils at bay? And most importantly, who killed Stephen Strange? The final chapter in the life of Doctor Strange starts here because he's going to Scientology. He's he's switching to Scientology. That's <laughs> that's the whole thing. Uh, number strange
1: three. When you're a Scientologist, faces look ugly out in the rain. Number three. It,
0: vinyl. Um, I if was. you liked plastics, uh, the the book plastics. You didn't like that the Doctor Strange-ish? He said it was kind of crappy. I didn't mind. I thought it was all right. That's why it was number four, though, because it wasn't like my favorite read of the week. But um, You don't have just to justify yourself, is. Matt. Keep
1: going. Keep trudging. Yeah.
0: Vinyl. If you like the, the plastics, and since you guys so eloquently put out the beginning of the show that we're heading to October, Chris, uh, to Halloween, Murder and Mayhem Vinyl is a good book for you. Walter can't remember who he is and without him. The serial kill rescue mission is doomed Another Sunflower death cult news. The beast and mother are loose guy and Vic brawl against the frenzy of Sunflower girls. And Rennie has a runoff to make a clothing from human flesh. Hmm. So this book is pretty brutal and pretty violent. Um, if you're looking for a good uh, horror book for October, definitely check out vinyl only
1: four issues. And I think you can pretty much pick all four issues up. Um if you like vinyl too, you should check out the Pop Bonsai podcast, episode <laughs> two called vinyl, which Jay and I go over go. uh Ghost World. Uh Tom Waits' Nighthawks at the diner, and a third thing I can't remember right now. Continue. <laughs> you I mean, you guys should check this out because it, it has to do with like I, I, him, like, I, I, I would think I never and- heard about
0: this. Yeah. Being a, a serial killer and all that, so it, it could go play right into.
1: I feel the, like the people who listen to Marvel. vinyl are a very slippery slope to being serial killers in general. <laughs> Sometimes when I put on a record, you know, like I'm tiptoeing to the tulips, and I feel a little aggressive. Vinyl just sounds better. <laughs> Tiny man. Timming. Number two, mullet cop.
0: Did I pick this book up off on the off on the cover alone? I just checked it out uh, because it looks very almost to the art style King. of like. No, yeah. almost to the art style of like uh, um, ice cream man, but also very adult mm. swim. If you watch mm. some stuff on Cartoon Network's Adult Swim, but after a near-death experience, a mall cop goes undercover as a manager at an all-you-can-eat buffet with the help of <laughs> his co-workers and a supercomputer microwave called MIT, Mall Industries 2000. He takes on crime bosses, uh, robo-grannies, and her gang of thugs. And Basically, the mall he's a mall cop. He gets shot in the face. He's the only one that survives this attack. Gets shot in the face. So his his like senior um officer has them changes his, <laughs> his looks and give him a mullet so he can't be recognized by the group of, of cyborg grandmothers and and cyborg thugs that shot him. And he get, he does. He goes undercover as a manager in all you can eat buffet. It's all the craziness of adult swim that you could want. It was just like the weirdest book and I picked it up just cause it solely looked <laughs> weird.
1: Yeah. It's, fun st- it's a, it's a fun story. Paul Blart mall cop times 10. Hey yeah. Jay, who is it? It's shaky. Something. Remember it. Is it shaky? Edwards, the British um, comic book artist, shaky something. But his art style reminds me very much of this. And he writes about mm. like molested characters and in weird situations. Um oh, uh, no. uh, I'll look that up. Shaky. So, it should ask anyway, where continue. he can
0: find Pop Bonsai. Everywhere. Oh, your major <laughs>
2: podcast. Okay, hit, hit a J. Hit I'm, Every fucking where. So yeah, we're on all, uh, Apple, Google, uh, Spotify. You know, yeah yeah
0: and my number one book this week was teenage miniature the last ronin number four it is the penultimate issue uh there's one issue left good god it feels like this story has been coming out for years because they keep delaying every issue um Hmm. but with a few key allies the ronin takes on the greatest risk yet to infiltrate baxter stockman's tech island and what happens many years ago to set ronin on his quest for vengeance you find out in this issue, like every issue is dealt with the death of a different turtle. So like issue two dealt what? with the death of Raphael, issue three dealt with the death of Leonardo and Casey Jones. And this one deals with the death of Splinter and Donatello.
2: That sounds depressing as hell.
0: But it, it's good because it's Michelangelo on a revenge mission to to take out the the grandson of the Shredder. And for for betraying a a pact and killing his brothers and father and it's it's actually a really really good story i read Um, the first
1: issue when michelangelo was breaking into that building mm -hmm. uh uh and but i don't think i even knew it was michelangelo at that point that's kind of a you find out like the very last page oh okay have to finish reading it travis yeah but i was like huh (laughs) you might be
2: actually correct be. i'm surprised
0: you haven't kept up with it because it feels like this would be something that would be like right up your alley with the whole I, Ronan aspect of it i
1: remember but, when it came out and i was really excited about it i was talking about with my podcast partner on uh uh Combat exposure i was like we should do this we haven't done a turtles book let's do a turtles book come on like i really woody out and i'm like come on let's do a turtles book <laughs> please sorry Speaking. Of, what's your favorite? It's a, that's a good thing. What's your favorite Woody Allen movie? Uh, I like. Oh, Annie Hall is solid, but I will say, uh, um, mm, Scoop is a good modern one with your, uh, uh, uh Scarlett Johansson, <sighs> Sex and Misdemeanors, um. I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with Annie Hall just right now. Classic, s- simple. Yeah. It's what I it's what I got started on, and and, and it works in there. What about you, but, Jay?
2: Well, uh, so, you know, controversial Annie Hall. No, no, no like, this is a great I question. Saying, I
1: can't believe you asked this, yeah, man. I want
2: to I want to know what you know. Is too. Yeah, and, yeah, and and probably like modern. For some weird reason, I like Midnight in Paris.
0: That's mine. I love Midnight in Paris. A lot of people don't like it, dude. I get a lot of crap. That's actually one of my favorite movies because, really, I'm so interested in that that time, like, just with the whole aspect of him going back in time, and you seeing like F. Uh Scott Fitzgerald and and zelda fitzgerald and
1: hemingway whoever hemingway plays hemingway, and, hemingway who is uh, uh has been some other stuff and of course loki plays uh f scott fitzgerald does yep. a fantastic job at that mm-hmm. it's, uh tom hiddleston um but yeah great great that's a, that that's probably the best modern woody i could yeah. watch that movie blue jazz All, was up over and
0: time. over again i love midnight in paris
2: yeah,
1: I get crapped on. You're the first
2: person that's actually agreed with me. No, <laughs> oh, dude, it's such no, a good it. movie, man. Yeah, I like it.
1: It's a good movie. I'm yeah. glad you guys <laughs> like it. It's great. I mean, I'm sorry that do. Ish says sweet and lowdown. It's great. Sweet and lowdown, yes. No. Oh, yeah, very underrated one, too. Mm-hmm. It's his... Uh, he's got good taste in music. He's like a, a violin, cello player kind of guy, but... He's got some good. He always brings in, even in Midnight in Paris, he brings in some good like 1930s mm-hmm. uh, speakeasy stuff. It's really great.
0: But like, I love the the Picasso stuff in it, and just like that, Dali. Whole, like that Dali, Dali that whole time frame, man. I just think at it midnight, just, I think Midnight in Paris is his biggest hit. It's I think so too. It, yeah. It's one of my favorites. No, maybe. not bigger
1: than Annie Hall or whatnot. Oh New no, York, like um, modern wise. Oh yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: But, uh, I just want to throw one more thing. And you're talking about like a good Halloween book. One of the, the books that I thought was really cool. It's that's, I think it's only on a second issue right now. It's called lucky devil. Oh dude. Lucky devil is so good. It, it, yeah. It's really fun. Like I, I didn't, I, I think I picked this up on a whim too. And, um, uh, I really enjoyed it. It was like it was really horrible, but it was like really lighthearted. Like it's about a guy that gets possessed, and he okay. So correct me if I if I miss something, Matt. So a guy gets possessed by a demon, and he goes to an exorcist, but it's a real shitty exorcist, and he does a really crappy job, and he only he takes the demon out, but he he leaves the dude with all the demon's powers. Yep. And, and so i have i just got issue two uh, but at the end of the first issue which i haven't read uh the end of the first issue the uh the demon's sitting there going uh so we need to talk about this because we got i got kind of screwed out of this and and the demon's like sitting there talking to him at the back alley and he's all like kind of screwed up and traumatized <laughs> about the whole thing um so yeah it's pretty fun and who is it? is it cullen bun that does it I can't remember. Um, I think it, it is. like,
0: the dude's like a pushover. And he's getting just, like, picked yeah, on and cupped. pushed over. Gets- and Yeah, he gets cucked. And, like, his life is just shitty. And then that, once he realizes he's retained the demon's powers, he just started fucking everybody. Did down. he
1: walk but, in on his wife and he thought that she was yes. uh, with a yep. vibrator? Yep. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Really? <laughs> no, he didn't think she was on a vibrator. <laughs> no. But, no, uh, no, no, no,
0: no, no. Oh. He walked but, in yeah, with his wife cheating on him. And, like, there's one point where, like, he's hiding on the, in the other room while his wife is getting banged out. Like yeah, yeah. by every definition, a cuck. Yeah. (laughs) So, but, but back to last Ronan here, I'm, I would say, I would definitely say do it. I'd totally come on. If you guys did this again, Mm. if you'd have me, but, like oh, wait course. for the final issue, but last Roner I think has been so How good. How many? Because
1: what is this issue? What's the issue number on this? Four, How long is it? Four, it's five issues, so the the last. Oh, it, one...
0: it has been delayed like a yeah. mother. Then yes, holy smokes! But I love the. Everyone thought it was going to be Raphael was the last Rona. I love that it's Michelangelo. I love that they forced Michelangelo to grow up and just kind of the it is the a changes uh, that I he's agree. got to go through, and you kind of like see in the set his mutation has made him bigger and stronger um Hmm. but it's also affected april and the other supporting casts that have been around the turtles for for many years so you kind of see how their mutations has, has affected them to like to the point where april has a daughter named casey that she has with casey jones but the fact that the turtles mutations rubbed off on April. It gave her daughters like a a, a healing factor and strength. And so just like their mutations are affecting other people, not just them. So it's, it's really interesting the way they're they're taking it, but I'm, I'm super stoked to see how it, how I want to read it
1: all. And this is, I think uh, this is a perfect for a trade thing, especially with, it sounds like with the weights between it. So if you haven't read this, then it sounds like a trade will be coming out soon. Yeah, I dude, you so. sold
2: me
0: on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been, it's it's definitely more of a, if you're a fan of like the original Eastman layered turtles and the way that was more kind of like violent, it's it's definitely fits in with that.
1: Maybe Jay, maybe we could do Ooh. a turtle set on uh, Pop Banzai. Dude, I'd be down with that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ish is right though. The only drawback with the Last Run is the shape of the book. There's no proper corresponding bag and board set up for the storage that is, oh, is true. It
2: oversized or something the like french over- style
0: no it's like an oversized almost like it's not magazine but it's like i've got like got to tremors here it's kind of like an oversized book it's not quite mm-hmm. magazine but it's also not normal comic size so mm. they don't make a bag and board size for it so and which got
2: you ziploc bag <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: but it's wow. uh yeah it's an oversized square bound book but Good stuff. Good read. Um, and I was going to finish with, you know, as always, those are my top favorite books of the week. If you have different ones, let me know what you're reading. And if you have suggestions or what to check out, let me know. And I will definitely do that. And as always, uh, support your local comic shops. Cause it goes a long way and saying, um, are you guys, have either of you started watching the new season of doom patrol? Mm-mm. I just
1: I saw the doom patrol the episode. episode
2: on Titans. <laughs> <laughs>
1: travis you cool. it yet? no i haven't watched an episode oh, i saw man. this on your list of, th- uh, of things and i was like oh i can't talk about titans and doom patrol the rest so i'm then good we'll
0: save doom patrol for next week when uh max you and, can talk about
1: it. oh but yeah yeah maybe when max oh, and pepperoni will
0: have a whole pepperoni are back this. on it yeah because it's yeah it's a lot to dive into because you get the first three episodes and it's still the old uh, crazy fun that doom patrol brings
1: um, cool. It sounds uh, like a series that people have opinions on. So yeah, it, you probably want to so have those people.
0: We'll on. <laughs> yeah, we'll save that for when those guys return. But um anything else? I know you guys gotta get to record and pop bonsai. So
1: yeah. Anything else? <laughs> coffee on. Put some coffee on, Jay. <laughs> yeah, I something. Yeah. Sorry, I'm really
2: liking one. the new X Men series, the, the standalone X Men. I forget who does it, but I think the second issue came out this week and it's pretty good. The it's back like in, in like central park and and they live yeah. in like a instead of the mansion they live in like a big tree house and uh it's really cool it's it, it's it's giving me like old school x-men vibes but newer like like mm. updated the only thing cool. x-men i'm reading right now is the death of magneto oh, the trial of magneto trial of magneto
0: yes thank you mm. i have it i haven't read it yet. the though. first two issues uh i had to bail on all
2: the hickman stuff because it just got too weird corny yeah it's weird. Like, di- I, I'm reading decorum right now, and it's bizarre. So,
0: and Ish said, "X Men Onslaught also released this week."
2: Oh yeah,
1: that's right. That's right. As Onslaught, has Onslaught ever come back as a character since that I don't, Franklin Richards thing thing? Or has I, come? Has he come back and like now? It's Onslaught is a separate entity. An entity and he comes in every now and then. I don't know.
2: I feel like he might have a long time. It's been a long time.
0: <laughs> Ish says even Hickman is bailing on the Hickman stuff. Yeah, dude. And really? and Aaron has a pressing question. She wants to know Does anyone ever say or think that Travis looks like Ted Lasso?
3: Mm.
1: Are <laughs> <laughs> you mustache mustache watching Ted, like Ted Lasso? I love it. No,
2: I don't
0: watch
1: it. I thought the the last episode was where they lose that game and his buddy walks off. Oh. And I opened up my app today. I'm like, I'm missing like two episodes. Yeah. And so and I'm excited <laughs> to sit down and actually watch those. Cause it felt like it was like 40 minutes. It felt like a, a season finale way to leave it. And so I just was like, I didn't look up how many episodes there were. I'm like, oh, that was a good that was okay. Good season. But it, <laughs> it raked the um not the Emmys, the Golden Golden What was the last week? What was it? Golden Globes Emmys? Emmys. Yeah. Emmys. Emmys yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it took home some good stuff. Good show. I Love just it.
0: I just got her to start watching it last night so oh she
1: probably loves it then huh
0: uh she's still I think she's a oh, like so early for yeah. the season one but I love it I've been watching it like I I found it on Apple TV it binge the entire first season and like yeah, I can't wait every week I look forward to every Friday when I can watch a new episode
1: it's I don't know it. I don't know Aaron so, from Adam but I will say I feel like someone with uh, like uh pregnancy a pregnancy brain wants to have their kid uh born into a world of positivity so I feel like with all the post-apocalyptic stuff going on these days, that Ted Lasso would be its refreshing for everyone, but especially someone who's going to have a child in this world, uh, another child in this world in, in a little bit. I feel like that would make it extra exciting to watch. Like, <laughs> hey, there's good parts of humanity, too.
0: Hey, you, Ted Lasso is definitely a good palate cleanser. That's 100% yeah. accurate.
1: Mm, that's true. A little white last man, a little Ted Lasso, yeah. mix and match. a little little
0: titans what if and doom patrol mixed in it's definitely a
1: yeah i'm on a month i'm on a month diet of stephen king now and i'm things are looking dark yeah yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) she's got a she's got a british accent fetish too so Mm. it's right up her alley but it is a very good show oh yes some kenny powers too thank you ish kenny fucking powers is that a
1: new? Is he coming out with a new series? No, but dude, oh.
0: Eastbound and Down is always one of those series that deserves a rewatch. <laughs> it's such a good series.
1: I liked a couple. Of, I liked Vice Principal, and I liked the other Vice one he Principal. did with like the uh, religious one too. I forget what that's yeah, called. I never. I could never get into that. That one. Um, oh. with the guy from Workaholics, uh, yeah. Adam or something, uh, Divine. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think he's. I think he's good. I love uh, what's his name. Um, uh, from justified and stuff like that um anyways sorry but good stuff well
0: uh, guys i want to thank you so much for filling in for tweedledee and tweedledum this week as they're off on their uh you know hetero honeymoon (laughs) i'm just kidding i appreciate max and and pepperoni for everything they do here (laughs) every week i just had to say tweedledee and tweedledum because they literally fucking killed me well, I was gone. Is Pepperoni
1: the, the code name for Lance? Because you guys have been saying that this whole episode, yeah, and I thought it was just like someone yeah, in the chat. The code name for
0: Lance, Lance Pepperoni. Okay. <laughs> but got it. They literally fucking killed me when I was gone from having surgery. So you got to get back at them some way. But uh, I appreciate those guys for everything they do here. So, um, but yeah, why don't you guys go ahead and um, plug Pop ons I plug all your stuff. Let everyone know where they can find you. Let everyone, yeah, know. go ahead. So, we uh,
1: Jay and I do a podcast together. If there's anything we said tonight that intrigues you, uh, uh, we do our uh, podcast, the two of us, where we talk about. Uh, we do it in four episode arcs where we take a big idea or theme and then we break it down into we'll read a book that deals heavily with that idea or theme. We'll watch a movie or a documentary. We create a playlist and we talk about the songs and how they link back to that giant theme. We've done themes like beaches and vinyl and video games. And Jay, help me out here. Uh, novels, poems. Those are genres. Uh, uh, I want themes, 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 Oh,
2: uh do we do diners beaches uh you're repeating repeating, uh... you're repeating (laughs) we need grease
1: yeah so you get the idea so now we're doing stephen king so if you if you look us up on spotify or itunes or google podcasts i believe all that stuff pop bonsai uh b-a-n-z-a-i you can find us on there yeah and then jake you you have a a, uh podcast uh um as well yeah yeah
2: I, and aside from uh from pop bonsai i have a podcast called born too late that i do with my friend josh rutledge who's uh, a highly regarded uh, rock journalist writer guy he's been doing it for years and we just interview um uh people in in like underground rock punk mod power pop whatever um uh, musicians other writers bloggers label owners um you know, we're interviewing this guy. Uh, it's a, a radio DJ has had a, a, a show called Rock and Roll Manifesto and, on the East Coast for years. Uh, so he's kind of a legend in like underground rock. Um, so that's our next guest. That's our next show. Um, so It's a lot of fun, uh, and we're available anywhere: iTunes, Spotify, Google, Audible, whatever. So. Now, Pop Mindset is
0: not a live show, right? It is a pre-recorded no. show. No. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There you go. All right, awesome. Well, guys, th- thank you for for coming and hanging out with me tonight. Definitely make sure you guys go subscribe to Pop Bonsai and any other podcasts these two dudes because
1: th-
0: they're everywhere. You can probably, I'm sure Travis is going to show up on MCM tomorrow night. Or I'm
1: going to show up on your front door. I'm going oh to teach your no, kid that, how to use punctuation, yeah. <laughs> Daddy yeah. Daycare, Daddy rena Dad. Uh, you dad. Can find me at www.rentadad.mustache.com. Um, yeah. Yeah telling you dude, rent a dad's a billion dollar idea Rent-A-Dad.
0: but uh, i want to thank everyone for checking in with us tonight and hanging out in the chat it's good to see everyone as always ish aaron leftover zaggy um stick boy everyone for hanging out we greatly appreciate hey. it if this is the first time you were finding this podcast on youtube make sure to hit that like subscribe button if you had a good time if you listening to the playback please make sure to subscribe and follow us on all social media platforms if you're on Facebook and you want to join the conversation, make sure to hit up the uh, Absolute, Geek, Absolute Geek Podcast Facebook page. If you're on the IG, subscribe or uh, you know follow us on IG and all the other social platforms. Ish wants to already inquire about Renadad as he could use a babysitter. Mm, um, mm. So your business is already kicking off.
1: Yeah, I don't like the term babysitter. I, we don't use that term in Renadad. Uh, we like to ter- uh, term it more like um, moral instiller. So Very if you good. want me to instill my morals uh, on your child, then I can come and do that. It's yeah. no problem.
0: If you're finding this on our downloaded platforms, uh, why not come check us out live every Friday night, 7.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on YouTube or download us on any of your podcasting platforms. So for this week's episode of the Absolute Geek Podcast, I'm Matt. I'm Travis. I'm Jay. Thank you so much and we'll see you guys next time. <laughs>
1: All you freaks and geeks. Come all you freaks
2: and geeks. Let's listen to Absolute Geek.
0: Absolute Geek! We'll go ahead and spread our cheeks. Spread the cheeks. And drink Stand some for Cosby Absolute. wine. <laughs>
2: we'll come
1: come drink like some Absolute. Cosby wine. It makes me feel real fine. <laughs> See you next time on the Absolute Geek.